everyone and welcome back to another episode of the As Always podcast, episode 124. I am one of your hosts, Tyler, joined not as always, uh, but one of many times I've been joined by this man, one of the four pillars, Ethan or Fishy. Welcome, Hi. my friend. How are you doing? Hi, how's it, how's it going? It's, yeah, this is this is a little bit odd, isn't it? Like, no James <laughs> for the first odd. time in the history of this podcast. No it James, is. and naturally, your first, your f- uh, probably not the first thought, but somehow it winds up being me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you were you were my thought. It was it had to be you or George. Yeah, if yeah. I was going to have no. a co-host, it wasn't James. It had to be you or George. So I'd have to be one yeah. of the pillars, a familiar face to the show. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever on the As Always podcast or Kill Connor Club in the history of this 124 episodes, James is not here. Uh, if Some of you may not know, uh, if you haven't seen on Twitter uh, or any of James' announcements, but he is taking a personal break at the moment from content creation and the whole uh, this whole space at the moment. He's worked his ass off, obviously, with the whole uh, COVID stuff going on and the whole self-isolation, James being sick. Uh, with suspected coronavirus at one point a few months ago and then the big project with the witch project which if you, if you haven't watched yet go check it out on this channel so go do that um but yeah, well if you yeah that's of course if you're watching on youtube people could be listening on the many podcast services we offer but if you haven't seen james's witcher 3 retrospective highly recommend it but yeah james oh, yeah. has taken a break he wanted to be here he offered he said like i'll be right to the podcast but i i think and we both agreed it's probably best for his his health, mental health and well-being, that if he's going to take this break, he takes a full break. Um, yeah. We've got the podcast covered. We can we can do it. We're here to talk about video games. Plenty of Assassin's Creed Valhalla I want to talk to you about, Ethan, because you know yeah. far more than I do. I've watched... I literally, to get up to date, I've been watching your videos. So yeah, I, like, I know shit, too I much. Know I know too yeah. much. <laughs> you, you, know, you know so much. Yeah, it's uh, far so too like, much. This, I've got many questions for you, and we'll get yeah, into yeah. that. The Last of Us Part 2 had some huge amount of gameplay this week. Yeah. Um, and th- there's plenty more to talk about, yeah. so we'll get into it. And I appreciate Ethan, like I really do. Yeah, um, no when worries. I when I put out the bat signal, you answer the call, <laughs> you save the day. And here, you know, we, James and I never miss a show. We just don't do it. So we've always agreed that you know, if one of us, for whatever reason, could make a show, we just keep on keeping on. I'd want James to do the same, and and he's happy for us to do this. Um, and it's exciting. This is what I love to do. You know, and I understand James is in this space. This is his full-time life. And you need a break from that sometimes. Like, I totally understand that. I am, you know, I have my times where I've been totally burnt out from my full-time job and full-time life. But to me, Ethan, like, these podcasts, this is my break. This is what yeah. I need to survive. Well, this is when I'm burnt out, I need this space. So You need, the, uh, you need as, this the space. Exactly, man. Fair exactly. Enough. So as much as I understand James is burnt out from this, um, not yeah. from not from this, but you know, um, he's just going through a lot right now. When he's worked his ass off, he works. He's one of the hardest working people I know. He's uh, the best content creator I know. No offense to you, Ethan. Um, <laughs> you know, you're you're a sec. You're to me second to him. That's just. But he's my business partner. You gotta understand that. I feel that way. You're yeah, certainly no, both better you. than me. Um, uh, it's it's uh, just one of those things. It's just one of those things. And I'll, that's ta- okay. I'll take I'll keep I'll take my um everyone knows me as the funny one not the good one so it's fine I'll yeah. take that I'll t- I'll, well, t- I'll take whatever I can take we we all have our own things like I'd yeah. I'd like to think I'm the podcast host of the community like the number one I'd like yeah, to think no, that I, yeah fair enough I'd, 
when it comes to that when it comes to thinking about this community james is the best for me as well because when it when it comes to um like after effects and things i don't have a fucking clue no, and no. some of the magic that james pulls out of that of that software i go i look at it and i go what how do you do this what what on earth it is no i know it is it is alarming just how good he is and if if you've spent more than three seconds staring at the the interface that is after effects you'd understand just how talented he actually is so when i say mm. that he's earned this break after that witcher video i i think everyone ha- has no choice but to agree because that 100%. is it's fucking outstanding he's the best he's yeah. the best like i thought he had to have taken some of that stuff from um half the time i watch i'm like he's taken that from somewhere else he didn't there's no way he made that but he makes those intros he does for all those retrospectives for yeah. all the way from those that fable one uh to red dead redemption uh all the way now to his uh witcher 3 one this stuff that you think he has to have then taken from somewhere else and done a little yeah, bit no. of an edit or a filter over the top. I was like, no, no, no. He made all those amazing effects and animations yeah. himself. He's, he's the best. He's just the best. And, um, you know, uh, I will miss him. We'll miss him here today. He'll be back. He'll be back eventually. He'll, he'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be back and better than ever. hundred percent. But we keep on keeping on the shows go on here at as always entertainment. Uh, that is brought to you by the great people over at patreon.com forward slash as always. So thank you, of course, to our Patreon producers. We wouldn't be here without them. It's Ethan's favorite part of the show. It where is we read well. the Patreon list. It is the rest part. <laughs> it just is. It's lovely. I get to do nothing. It's great. Yeah. Sit here and make no noise. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. The list is amazing. So thank you to our producers, King Richard III, Henry Damien, Avery Dobbs, Josh Devlier, a red-crowned crane helped kill my family, a.k.a. Ulbrich, <laughs> did Lodic Viridian, Real Cinnamon Hawkins, a.k.a. H-12 and Bullseye 47. Thank you very much. That you would, we wouldn't They always catch me off here. those names. Oh, they dude. always catch we, me off. It was it was the Four Pillars podcast, the last As Always podcast. It was. That we had the red, whole red-crowned crane thing. And then we did Clubhouse last week. And the names, everyone changed their name to Red Crown Crane. And it was fucking tremendous. So I wonder how many we'll get when we read the list in a second. It's um, it's a scary thought. Um, ah. What's about to happen. But uh, again, if you like what you're listening to here and you want to hear or see more, head over to patreon.com forward slash as always for just $1 a month. You get exclusive access to the Clubhouse podcast, the best podcast on the internet next week. James is still uh, taking his leave of absence, so it's going to be co-hosted by my housemate, Jared. We're going to get drunk next weekend and uh, record it at my house. It's going to be tremendous. That's going to be, be a nice special episode. It's, it's going to be magical. Um, so uh, be sure to check that out. It's just $1 and you can join us. The great community is the people's podcast powered by the people all the topics are from you there's over 83 episodes you can listen to right now go do it 84 actually um we're at 85 next week holy shit again for five dollars up we get our patreon list so thank you to these guys once again king richard the third henry damien avery dobbs josh devlier a red crown crane helped kill my family aka Ulbrich, did a lot of viridian real cinnamon hawkins aka h pass 12 ballsack 47 adam sunling casey wood pink flame through and three is that dennis is yeah, yeah, I do apologize. No, it's totally fine. He does it for attention, the fucking bastard. I'm gonna go and fucking put him down in a minute. It's gonna, yeah, I'm gonna fucking kick him in the teeth. No, if you just can like... put your dog down during this podcast, <laughs> if that you would could help euthanize your dog, that'd be great. I'd make this a is... highlight clip. I'll post it on the internet because you're not a, technically a host of the show. You're a guest host. Um, yeah. We won't actually be cancelled. It'll be you that's cancelled. Yeah, from no, our it's show all right. We'll get clout. It's... it's all right. If she killed this dog, cancel him. No. Yeah. <laughs> 
We're going to be here all day. We are going to be here all day. Okay. Tony the Arbiters, Delightful Penis, Alfie Rosell, Drowns Cats, Jesper Olsen, Lumistrad, Mario 5380 is the king of RPGs, Kimisabe Gamer Cream Pies, Red Crowned Crane, AKA also known as AKA, The Creed, Josh J. Anderson, Fat Fuck Cuck, Brendan Obiku Overlord, Matt Ravjai, Red Crown Crane, Red Crown Crane, Bleeding Edge 2746, and Benedict Clubbers, Gwen Hughes, 2018, 1998, 20, Max H. Gene is doing bits in the coal mines, Owen Brain, Zeke, AKA Frank from Destination Wedding, Son of a Bitch, OG Dogger, Harrisy, AKA Bat Assassin, or Watts, Furious Coco, Sab2557, Nick Miller, The ACMJS, Radok, Casper Cross, Maxi Dork, Assassin, Connor DeRose, Bully in the Alley, Connor, Knowles, Kyle S. Jaws, Victor Eliason, Emil Catborg, Joshua Mora, Walshy, Ginko Swag, Red Chunked Crane, Mass the Bash, Ashton, aka The Weekend Simp, Conversations, our new bro, George Welford, plus our new bro, George Welford, Joe the Sexy Boy Smith, Joe, aka Red Crown Crane, Evan Brown, Winona Ryder, aka Lindsay from Destination Wedding, Luca, Alfie Wombert, Brian Ford, aka Red Crown Smurf, <laughs> oh, Silly no. Sally, Swiftly Shoot, Seven Silly Sheep, the seven silly sheep, silly sally shooed, shilly shallied south. Fishy, our friend right here, our guest co-host today, Team Anna Travis, Billy the Gym Titan, my Captain Robinson, and Gamer, I hardly know her. Thanks for the lads. Help out Red, the podcast. Red Crown Crane appeared too many times. I don't even remember what Red Crown Crane came from. It's it was a, like it's, the last well, episode We about Ghost of, of Tsushima and... Um, and I right. was thinking about all the wildlife, you know, because it uses the wildlife as like an open world queue to go to different places as opposed to like a HUD or anything that invades the screen. And, I, and we were talking about what those what that wildlife could be. And I listed the red crowned crane, which is a which is some Japanese bird. Right. Because, of I course, think, you need a bird mechanic. In I think I think we focused on it too much. And then it became a meme. And I think it's really funny, like, when you read that list and so many people change their names to absurd shit and memes from the community. They don't do it They don't do it for appreciation of their name when you read out the list. They do it because they think what they've put there is fucking hilarious. And sometimes it really catches you off. <laughs> Jesus that's Christ. A, that's the key. That's the key to the list I found because it used to be, obviously, people was like, oh, I want my name on the list to be read on the podcast. And it's like, okay, there's a lot of names that... It's kind of boring, but then it's gotten interesting because now people are like making their names funny and it's trying yeah. to get a reaction out of this and it's actually made it fun and entertaining part of the show to yeah, listen it's... to rather than that thing. People would just be like, skip, 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 skip. Yeah, it is magnificent. Um, I'm trying to remember the one. It's that bloody tongue twister guy. He's pledged yeah, to me as well. And he keeps changing. He keeps changing his name to another tongue twister every single day. Well, I appreciate it, though, because it keeps it interesting. Every single time I read the list, it's a new one. What was yeah, Silly Sally Swiftly Shooed, Seven Silly Sheep, The Seven Silly Sheep, Silly Sally Shooed, Shilly Shallied South. Wow. Tremendous. <laughs> what a name. It's genius. I don't know where he comes up with them. It is genius. I'll give it him that. It is truly magnificent. <laughs> but you got to love uh, that list. Yeah. No, I do. Absolutely, I do. Um... At the moment, Ethan, um, what ga- do you have any games you're playing since uh, we last spoke only two weeks I, ago on the podcast? Two weeks ago, I was talking about how I'd started replaying the Mass Effect trilogy. Well, right. I finished replaying the Mass Effect trilogy more or less a couple days back. No, a bit really? more than that. But yeah, no, I, I blasted through them. The kind of game that you get sucked into, You obviously, you know this, you've played them. The kind yeah. of game that you play and you're like, fuck, I just I just can't leave now. I have to I have to finish this. I have to invest myself in this world. And sure there are some times where it does it's I wouldn't I'm not gonna sit here and say the Mass Effect games are the best games ever made ever, because that would just be fucking wrong. But th- there's something about the games that makes me love them a lot. And I, it's something that's it's my next sort of big 
hefty project, if you will, is yeah. talking about that thing. Because these games, what I love about them isn't the gameplay necessarily. It's fine, it's great, and it, it works. It's, it's a sort of RPG of style. Um, it It's one of those games that when, you, when you're playing it, you kind of feel like the world is authentic, if you will. That's the thing that I like about it so much. It's a fucking magnificent world-building like masterpiece as far as the universe is concerned. And that's what I love about Mass Effect. And that's what I've been playing through. And I've just been recapturing that um, magic, if you will. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And it's properly put me in the mood for making this video. That being said, it's fucking hefty. And it's really yeah. hard. It's not so much the length of the script. The script is pretty long, sure. But, I mean, well, James made a three and a half hour video about The Witcher. Oh. I don't think he can tell me about long. And when it comes to um, when it comes to the script, that's not the problem. It's formatting it in a way that makes me think, yep, yeah, this works. Because I've been struggling with that. It's finding the right format for the video. And I think I've got it now. But James, that was hard. James wrote like half a fucking novel of pages. <laughs> what was like it, 70 pages or something? Insane. He wrote, he, wrote, he wrote a full-on book. He just did. Imagine writing half a novel in like two weeks, which is what That's, he did. You know what? If, if James actually wrote a novel, I'd probably actually read it, to be fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- yeah sort of. Yeah, I think it would be a good novel. James, if you... If if you if you if you ever hear this, which you probably will, read a novel, please. <laughs> no, read <laughs> a novel. Write write a novel. Write a novel. I'm sure he's read a novel. Uh, I, um, I don't know. Ma- ma- I don't know. I don't read. Fuck it. Evidently, <laughs> I confuse read and write. So obviously, I don't read. But no, I've, that's all I've been playing through recently is Mass Effect. Um, back on that point. Um, yeah. So I've what's been... is the video like? It's not gonna be like a retrospective. What, oh what's no. It, what's it oh. gonna be looking at specifically in the trilogy? Well, like I said, the biggest point about the trilogy, the thing that I love about them and the thing that I absolutely loathe about Andromeda is the world building. It's how mm. Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 create this magnificent world. And and it's all like, it, and it's just great to, you know, be a part of it to experience when you're playing the games. The thing that I don't like about Andromeda being, this is something that I plan on addressing at the start of the video before moving on because it's not really relevant, is that it takes you away from all of that and st- isolates you from it so it doesn't matter it's not relevant anymore and i think if you create a universe like mass effects and then you go off and do what andromeda did which was put you fucking 2.5 billion light years away in a different galaxy uh, it it cuts you off from that it's like well what was the point then why did you create this magnificent world only to to build it up to a point where you've saved the galaxy you've you've taken away that stress and then you've gone and gone, you know what, we need to we need to up the stakes, so we're going to go elsewhere completely and forget about all this that you've built. And as much as it, I do understand why they wanted to try that, I also think that it was fundamentally ridiculous because that, that galaxy is so great in Mass Effect, and that's the thing that I love about it. So what I want to be talking about is, in this video is the world building and mm. how, how Mass Effect constructs this um, this magnificent, immersive, warm-feeling galaxy full of mystery and wonder if you will and that's the sort of thing that i kind of like about it it's like what well, it makes comes... you believe all those alien races are real with it real does. history it's, real it's, depth it's there's the depth there and how it feeds it to you in this authentic way like for example one thing that i really love it's a, it's a minor feature but i love it is when you've got your squad with you you can choose whoever you want with you at certain points unless it's integral to a character they're not necessarily relevant in that moment you can choose whoever you want but they'll still give commentary and they'll still say things regardless of how relevant it is to them like they've voiced all these characters are all voiced to the point where they will give commentary on almost anything but most of these these dialogues you'll never hear 
Yeah, and it's right. one thing. One thing I've noticed. I think there's a good example in um, in the Citadel DLC, and it and I I love this line. Um, when you go into this like club, it's like a, a casino. Um, you can take your crew, whoever you want with you, like in your crew. Well, obviously you've got to one choice. One slot is um, is taken up by this mandatory character, and then you can take in another like crew member, whoever you want. A lot of people choose more boring choices, but I decided. You know how I'm gonna bring? I'm gonna bring fucking Rex, and so. And so it was an amazing piece of dialogue in there. And I thought, oh, God, most people don't notice this. I won't go into it in case most people haven't seen, well, sorry, played Mass Effect. Um, because, you know, it's the kind of game you have to experience yourself and go through without anyone telling you what decisions to make and when. Unless you get Garrus killed. You know, you know what I mean? Imagine getting, imagine that. Like, imagine I would getting turn off the game. Killed. You failed the game. You have <laughs> no. failed... Didn't we? Talk, I, I feel like I talked about this a few years ago with James when he first played yeah, the trilogy. Yeah, we did. When he was and first playing you, two. Yeah, I was like, I feel like you were on the podcast It was with us, us, and we lectured yeah. him about why he needs to replay the entirety of two and yeah. save Garrus. <laughs> and, like, and it was the best thing ever. He did do it. He went back and he played it to save Garrus. I'm like, if you if Garrus is dead in Mass Effect 2, you have failed the trilogy. You can't go <laughs> yeah. on to three. You have to literally be, lost. Yeah. You failed. Yeah. You can get him killed in three as well if you don't have the if you don't have the extended cut installed. And, true, oh, and, true. And that was fucking. That's fucking. That's worse because you're right at the very end. You know. I don't know. At least life. like you've gone through everything with him. Whereas like if he's what you're gonna go through all of three without him. That's impossible. Garrus uh, is the best fucking character. You yeah, could do no, a whole. You should just do a video on Garrus. You should not even worry about this whole. Oh no! When I did a video a while back on a what, something about Mass Effect. And on the thumbnail, um, people criticised the fact that I didn't put Shepard on there. But I'm like, it's Garrus, man. It's yeah. fucking... <laughs> who, who else would you put there? I'd put Garrus there because he's... He's, a, he's more important than Shepard. He is... Garrus is the best character in Mass Effect. I agree. He is the 100%. absolute best. <laughs> Without Garrus, it's just not It's just not worth playing. Like, he is, is the point? character. He is... Mass Effect, exactly. but you play as Garrus, would probably do me in. But I, I like Garrus as a great character. I don't even know why he's so good. He's just always, he's, always there. He's, he's just always he's, there. He's the designated best mate. Like He's Shepard's best mate. That is what yeah. Garrus is. That's what he becomes. Yeah. And he's that, the most loyal. He's your right hand. He is, he is the guy. He's the guy that you you run into him early in all three games. And he's, the, he's one of the characters that you always wind up having with you right at the end of the game. Like the, the end he's of always one, taking we'll take on the last mission you. it's like garrison i guess someone else it's always no it, when it whenever i'm playing mass effect i'm all it's always if i get the choice garros or someone else if this mission is integral to one character nine times out of ten the other character is going to be garrus for me it's just how it mm. goes garrus yeah, is non-negotiable in that squad 100%. he just is you have to take him with you because his commentary is great as well and he's got this really um he's got this really like i don't know if it's like a dry sense of humor or if it's more like a warm sort of thing but he has some fucking cracking liners, like one-liners, if you will, at times, and it's pretty funny to listen to him just, you know, spew nonsense. Because yeah. while he's he's a capable soldier, sometimes when in dialogue, you're like, oh, he's fucking funny guy as well. So he's that's funny. What I like about. He's clever. He he yeah, he's the best. Garrett's the fucking best. Um, well, I'm excited for this video. Uh, the Mass Effect world building. You're right. It's a hundred percent one of the best parts. It's probably the best part of the trilogy is what makes makes it so special is that it like uh, Star Wars or uh, other sci-fi's. It's well to me it's the video it's game space opera, Star Wars. It? It's a, it's a space opera and you you learn there's so much history and backstory to all the different races and you believe it every time you get to visit these planets. Even in that third game, there's planets you go to that you've heard about 
for yeah. throughout the trilogy, but you've never gone and you finally go to them, but you already feel like you know them. Yeah, um, because you can read about them and and you can see, you can visit and you hear them stories about and you them. can read about it. Just yeah, you can sort of like read files in like your codex or when you're just flying about in your ship. You can, you might not be able to land, and then you can then you can just then like you said, you hear stories about them in the in small little places that you wouldn't expect to find that information or maybe in the main story as you're going through someone will talk about it or in mass effect 3 where you revisit places that you've been to in mass effect 1 like novaria um which is like you know obviously it looked a bit snowier in one but in three i mean it it did set back on a couple of things i will admit um but there's this it's just the intricacy of that universe like it's not the most in-depth and like game you'll ever play it's not i wouldn't even necessarily consider it an open world game per se mm, because no. it's while it is sort of open it's it's more open-ended than open world if you will yeah, like once you once you're launched into the world like the galaxy sorry and you can go from choices. place to place in any order that you want mm. but a lot but when you're down there it's a it's mostly linear in outside of hub areas like the yeah. citadel yet somehow or, it's a unique experience that you feel like is yours it, it's not yeah it's exactly it's it's the kind of thing that you can tailor to your own your own experience because you can go f- in mass effect one the moment you get you get the normandy and you undock from the citadel and go out in that world the main story missions you can do in any order that you want and if you do them in a different order for example if you don't get Li- liara first once that mission becomes available if you go back and get her later she'll 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 mistake you for a hallucination because she's been trapped in this bubble for a long time and it's yeah and it's just it's just such an incredible experience to be able to see these differences and sometimes when you get crucial missions in say mass effect 2 and mass effect 3 i think more more so mass effect 3 but in these crucial missions if you don't do them as soon as possible after you get them that you might automatically fail or get a less um, favorable outcome because you didn't do them quick enough and the threat has already come and decimated those people. I think one example is Grissom Academy in Mass Effect Three, in yeah. which if you if Jack survived the suicide mission, she becomes sort of like a mentor for a few students there. And if you don't go and help out at Grissom Academy as soon as you possibly can, Cerberus comes along, takes these students and Jack prisoner, and later on in the game they're sort of turned into Cerberus things, like Cerberus. Uh, well, they're sort of converted, if you will, like in a, like indoctrination, but a bit more yeah. shit. If you get yeah. me, and that yeah. is the thing that it's just such a fantastic, intricate world. That's the thing. It doesn't have to be the most complex. It doesn't try to be the biggest. It doesn't try to necessarily be the best game. But what it does do is it builds this world that feels authentic and alive and atmospheric. Yeah. And and it does it so well. And I just it just feels so unique as a game. And that's the thing. It's the most one of the most unique. Th- trilogies i think you could probably play like yeah. sure it's got similarities to kotor because it's the same developers bioware isn't it kotor yeah. was yeah yeah that's sort of how it was conceptualized isn't it it was originally going to be like a star wars game in the in the theme of kotor and things like that and then bioware went we want to make our own sort of space opera adventure and that's how it came about but you get what i'm trying to get at with that yeah. is it it does it in a way that surpasses even kotor is hundred percent. I played Kotor and it's a brilliant game when it, in its time, but Mass Effect took what it did and just built on it because it's yeah. obviously Star Wars was a established universe and was telling its own story in a different era. But and Mass Effect Mass establishes Effect, itself exactly established itself and it did it 
through characters and personal stories and and the fact that you have a squad is you got you get to spend a lot of time really connect to all these different alien races that you hear um these personal beefs that different races have with each other that are in your squad but yet you find out how they become friends even though their races yeah. have actually fought each other in wars and you pick loyalties and you yeah. go to these person some of them it's the more personal stories about family some of them it's about wars and and honor and um and yeah. status and politics depending on where they're from and the planets their races everything like that and um or their species i should say um yeah. but well they use the word races in the game so it kind of works true true um and and that and with that it helps you develop an understanding of the deeper world and and history behind it and makes that feel deeper and deeper and deeper and the fact that when you hear stories about the Co- uh, krogan homeworlds let's say krogan krogan homeworld in mass effect one tachanka, yeah. yeah tachanka you don't you hear, hear the so name until of, two but exactly so when you finally go there it feels it's, like you well, know it already like i li- remember the first time you go there it's not even the first game but i felt like i already knew that place yeah, no, Just I got because what you of mean. the stories. Like that's so special. There's never that, a game where you feel like you've been to a location before you've been there. Just based on the stories you've heard, the character interactions you've heard about it, you believe it. You believe it's a real place before you go there, and that's. Imp- I don't think there's any video game that can make me feel like a pixelated yeah, place is real before I've even seen that pixelated place. It, it is. It, that's what I mean when I say it's unique. It's a unique take on world building and what i like about it is it doesn't do what other space operas do which is explain off a lot of things as just because that is the universe that you're entering with mass effect humanity is still in its when it when it comes to like its its relationship with the galactic community and interstellar travel it's still in its infancy like they're, they're newcomers they've they've only been in a part of the galactic community for i think just under 30 years at the start of um, yeah. mass effect and yeah. humanity's still not trusted and they, they they're still not trusting if you will and the entire story of the three games really as you go through this character development is humanity coming to find its place in the galaxy and then beyond that achieving this galactic unity which is required to deal with this reaper threat and uh I don't think there are many like cutscenes in gaming that has as much power as you know when the fi- you know the full fleet just arrives back yeah. at Earth at the end of three. Not not many scenes. Not not many, I'm smiling just thinking about it. Not many <laughs> cutscenes in gaming have as much kick as that. It's just fucking awesome, is what it is. And I think it it sets it up great, delivers it great, and it's just such a magnificent experience. And oh god, it's going to be a great video. It's going to be a great talking point on a video as well. Jesus. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, yeah. I've been playing the Mafia trilogy. Have you? Yeah, I have. I was. I talked a little bit on Clubhouse last week about it, but I've never played Mafia Three uh, until now because I saw. Well, it's how I got duped into it, right? I saw on Twitter obviously the remaster or the remake. Yeah. The remake of uh, Mafia of One. I've never played yeah. Mafia One. I've only played Mafia Two. It's one of my all-time favorite games. So I thought. Oh, cool! They've they've done a little bit of a remaster, sort of a Mafia Two, and um, the all trilogies all together. I'll just buy all three and play all three. I've never played three, and I've never played one. And then I'm like, oh wait, one's not actually out yet, and I just yeah. <laughs> paid for it all. I'm like, oh, that's the one Shit. I kind of really wanted to play. I guess I'll play two and I'll try three, and then two, bit of a shit show. Oh yeah, it's, it's it, the, the remaster doesn't do a few things. <laughs> let's be honest, bit like, of a shit I, show on PC. It's 
pretty damn good. My biggest problem is when I close the game, my PC has to be restarted, otherwise it thinks it's still open. But when it's not a particularly well-optimized game, is it? Like, there's bugs, a lot of bugs, and I... I think i had a, quite a few of those for example i was you know when you're escaping like you're, tr you're trying to hit this shop and then another gang comes along and i can't really remember most of it it's been ages since i played mafia 2 and then i replayed <laughs> it um like for a couple of hours of it for stream and i haven't really touched more of it and this it glitched out in the stairwell and the cops wouldn't come out onto the rooftop so i thought i was, I was good to go across but it wouldn't let me i was like what the fuck is going on here and i think that was just one of many points where um i thought oh fuck this is this is a bit glitched but I don't know. It's been mostly okay. Yeah, it's just been. Uh, I I haven't played a lot of it. I've just seen lots and lots of clips of people, and their frame rate issues and the sound being totally fucked up. I was like, oh god, like, and it doesn't look really any different. Like, I'm sure it does, but it's been so long since I played it. it and you, it's used how to you remember it better anyway. Exactly, it's how you remember it's, it because you're used to games looking amazing. Like, I just bought, like, people will notice that my camera's on slightly different angle for this show because I've gotten rid of my big TV. It's in the middle of my desk because it's a like, six-year-old TV. It's not even 4K, and I bought this beautiful 32-inch 4K. Um, it's not even 4K. <laughs> not even 4K. Well, the old one's a piece uh, of shit. It's not even fucking 4K. What's even the point of having it now? Yeah, but no. My, my consoles aren't 4K, 4K so it doesn't matter, but I wanted to get a 4K TV. Yeah, just, just because, year. you know? Because next one, just because, but also next-gen... Yeah, coming at end of the year, you, so I need you gotta you gotta take advantage of the hardware. Exactly. Otherwise, what's the fucking point? Exactly right. I need and, to I need to do even, the same. Even still, like I've got, I bought because you can't apparently you can't buy 4K televisions smaller than 40 inches. I'm like, I I don't need 40 inches. It's too big, and this TV's always been too big, especially when it's on my desk. Um, so it's a 32. I bought a 32 inch um, um, desktop monitor, uh, and it's like enough. a built for a nice lg one for yeah. gaming on and the cut just the color just already not even like on a 4k console just a day one xbox one or day one ps4 fucking gorgeous clarity already difference i'm already noticing the difference i'm like i can't wait till i'm on a fucking 4k gaming. console holy shit yeah no holy shit my first like, thing i can't when play I got... anything old anymore yeah. after that because it all looks shit yeah, my first thing that I played on my 4K monitor when I got sent one by BenQ, which is a legendary move by that company. They just sent a lovely 4K monitor that isn't wasn't even out yet at the time, I don't think. It was a 32-inch yeah. 4K desktop monitor, and I, I plugged it in. The first thing I did was fire up Red Dead Redemption 2 because I have a fuck-off powerful PC, and now I have this immense-looking monitor. So I thought, you know what, I'll give it a go, see what happened. And it was such a nice experience. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is this is what luxury feels like. This, yes. is, this is the next generation, man. If ben, if ben Q could send me two 25, 27-inch desktop monitors, that'd be great because I need two more of those 4K ones for when I get my actual PC, which I need to talk to you about because I need to yeah. build my PC soon. So yeah, okay. and you're you're the expert. You're the expert. I don't well, need one as fuck off powerful as yours. I'm not going to be playing games on it. <laughs> well, I just need um, a really a, a one that can one handle 4K, obviously, but also one that can handle running lots of programs for streaming, okay, uh, editing, so, Photoshop, the sound sound editing uh, like Ableton. That's about it. I'm not really playing a lot of games on it. Maybe like Age of Empires three. So nothing okay, so new. we're looking so we're looking at an AMD 
high RAM sort of. We're looking at AMD processor and AMD graphics card probably, and a bit of RAM. Okay, you know what? I'll talk you through it when we're not recording. How is that? What is what is um what is uh the most expensive part when you're building a PC? The graphics card typically, which is what you use to play games. Yes. Um, So if if, will it be cheaper if I'm not getting a like a top of the range graphics card? Yeah, it usually works out that way. See, mid range is usually is usually quite a lot cheaper than top range, so you don't have to go too low. See, you can I'll get a budget range. graphics card. Mid range, you can get you can get a very at this point you can get very nice budget graphics cards that will do anything that you want them to, and anything right. above that at this point is just built for the all the little minor details like ray tracing and don't need any of that. super ultra settings. Basically, don't need any of those things. If budget, you don't need those things, budget. What budget. When it comes to things like the when it comes to things like um, the processor and the RAM, for, for which um, is simpler than it sounds, I promise you probably know about those. Um, the higher those power are, the better your editing is probably going to be because they're more prioritized than say a graphics card. I'd still recommend having a graphics card because rendering on a graphics card is quicker. I've found right. from experience. Um, anyway, I've set it to that in mind, uh- and it's rapid uh, i'm so. still i'm gonna go with budget graphics card but budget graphic yeah definitely budget, budget graphics card we definitely can get budget we can, we can find a good budget graphics card so it's no worries they're they're not then though high-end graphics cards can be stupidly expensive mid-range graphics cards tend to be acceptable price-wise and you know you don't want to you don't want to go too far below that because that's just outdated yes um, there's I'm no such thing that. as low end there's just old um, you get you get your mid range and your your high high end and anything that's less powerful the mid range is just old and yes. you, and we'll, the graphics drivers will be flawed at this point we'll, and outdated. We'll, we'll go with mid range yeah. and um uh, you know some good RAM like I just it, it's yeah. it's a machine I need to just run programs run at, programs well edit, on and two desktop screens and I desktops. can stream powerfully and actually stream in 1080p. Um, S- unlike i can right now on this small tiny little macbook pro that i use for everything well uh, when it comes to running um two screens you'll want to you'll, you'll want a mid a mid-range graphics card at least then because then you can have both plugged into that and they'll both look glorious um when it when it comes to um the ram wise on a machine like editing streaming things like that 16 gigabytes would do you but i'd recommend 32 for the sake of never having to compromise if you will yeah. and for the processors i'd be looking at an amd processor i'm not too well versed on amd myself but i'll look yeah. into it for you when it okay. comes to when it comes to looking for parts and things like that obviously if you can get it contract built by somebody else like custom i'd probably recommend doing that because That's it's what, just I'll easier pro- I'll prob- i got I'll mine built by shield blast so yeah, i got yeah, mine built by shield blast because i couldn't be asked building it myself i was like okay i could get the parts build it myself might be a little bit cheaper that way but also i'd lose my sanity is it worth yeah. my soul <laughs> it's not I, worth I, I don't trust myself with that i don't even know what i'm doing i just to need you to fa- give me the specs to, fair, to tell another person yeah. this is what i want for it like well, i need on you the websites you can tend to on, on the websites you tend to be able to um select the parts based on their range and it will tell you what's compatible with what, and it's a fucking minefield. But it won't let Whoa. you build a PC that's not compatible with its own components. So that's that. Those that's the benefit of getting it custom built by a professional, is you don't have yeah. to worry about compatibility. It will make sure everything's good. It is. It looks a lot more daunting than it actually is when you start to realize what all the parts do. It, PCs aren't actually that complex when it comes to building them, at least, or at least in my experience, because. Um, I know some fucking baboons who can build PCs. Not oh, literal baboons, but you know right. what I, mean. no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know. 
Well, and upgrading I mean, them I'm as excited. I'm excited to get a you know a proper PC and have a beautiful setup. I realized yeah. I just need a new desk. Once I got this this um, 4K monitor, I was like, so that's 32 inches, it's taking up half my desk, and I want two more 25 inch monitors. I'm gonna need a bigger desk. So I've I've, I've found a desk I want. But everyone's been buying desks at the moment, so everywhere's <laughs> sold out of desks because everyone's building fucking home offices. So I'm oh gonna Jesus wait Christ! In, until the desk I so, want is a two. Desks. It's a two meter long desk because I okay. need a massive ass desk, which I have room for because I have like my Xbox sitting on like a like a little bedside drawer thing. So I'm gonna get rid of the bedside drawer, and then the desk will extend there, and then a little bit further that way. So I'll have yeah. plenty of room, and then some for all my screens on it. Um, and I'll have a Fair beautiful enough. setup now that I've got, once the new consoles are out, a new PC, I've got a new microphone, a new, you know, TV and everything. It'll just put completely new setup, raring to go, joining the PC world to stream at a high PC level world. and really just get into um, making the best videos I can make. And I've got, my books have been arriving for this uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla real life history series that I've been working on. So I've started reading that. I'm reading, it's over there, it's called The Poetic Edda, which is pretty much a poem book of Norse poems. Um, like It's like a Norse Bible in a way. Um, oh. I've written about a thousand years, written about a thousand years ago, translated. I've got The Viking Wars by Max Adams. Uh, and then what arrived yesterday was The Sagas of Icelanders, which is about an 800-page beautiful book. And these are all books that were recommended to me by Darby McDevitt, the narrative director of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, he gave me a reading list. So these are the three books that have arrived so far. Yes. So well, he did, he go, me... did he go, Darby, I'm making a video, help me out. And he went, I got you. And then that's exactly, you that's exactly what I, well, I just said, that is amazing. Uh, I just said, Hey, look, this is what I'm working on. I, I do these real life history videos. I want to do one, some on Valhalla. Do you have any, what books were you reading when you were researching for Valhalla and writing the script? Have any recommendations? And he had, gave me all the primary sources, um, like this, the sagas of Icelanders is a big one. There's a, there's about five others that are yet to arrive. Five other books that are yet to arrive. Yeah. And then a more modern book like the Viking Wars is a bit more modern, um, yeah, which is interesting. Enough. A war and peace in King Alfred's Britain. So that's, I'm excited to get into that yeah. one. Um, I... But the poetic editors is yeah. interesting because I don't, I'm a big fan of Vikings and Norse, but I don't, I'm no expert. I'm going to be a fucking yeah, expert no, after this. Reading Viking be. poetry and reading I... these poems is such a mindfuck because there's so many crazy, first of all, crazy names and they're not really in order and the, and the editor has had to write briefings on each poem before it explaining the context of it all because it's like some are changing perspectives midway through the poem. Like lots of them are Odin trying to, uh, find wisdom about Ragnarok and what his fate's going to be and it'll go from like a third person perspective about Odin to then it being from Odin's perspective is very very strange but um it's very interesting as well I'm already yeah. learning a lot about uh, yeah, culture and you can see Viking culture in throughout the poems because some of them are like it's like bible stories there's like a Genesis story there's um uh, poems about uh, how you should behave as a man and things like that and yeah, it's it's very interesting. So I'm looking forward to using these as sources for my real life history videos that I'm going to do for Valhalla. Fair enough. Yeah. No. I also I also heard you recently watched The Last Kingdom as well, didn't you? I I did. I did. Um, and that's kind of given me a bit of background. Um, yeah. To even though obviously it gives you a, a bit of, of fictional. It's, it's just giving fictional. me a bit of background. It's a bit. It's a bit. Well, it's well earthed, but it is still fiction. Yeah. No, but it is based roughly around um, a lot of events that Assassin's Creed 
Valhalla is sort of based we'll on as well, right. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the same. It's the same point in history. It's that same, that same era, if you will, that same age. The um, the late ninth, the late late ninth century ish, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I I watched that. Um, that I've watched three sequences. Sorry, sequences. Fucking what the hell is my brain saying? <laughs> yeah, heads too deep in Assassin's Creed. Get out of the Assassin's Creed shit show now. No, series. I watched three series like a year ago, and then yeah. then I watched the fourth series recently, and it's it's a fun watch to be fair. It, it's, it's, it's about it's about as far as my knowledge on Vikings goes, but it's it is a fun watch. Um, um, it makes me a little bit excited, if you will, if you will, a little bit, just a titch. Um, the fourth season I just finished last week, and it's yeah. tremendous. Um, yeah, I like the fourth. It, it definitely, the show definitely got better as it went on. I, uh, but season three is probably my favorite. Yeah, I'd agree. And I'd agree. And I love, one. I love King Alfred. I fucking love King Alfred in that show. Like as much yeah, as he's sort of. Well, well, this is what I want to talk to you about because we into some Valhalla. Um, it's it's a know, similar take on Alfred, to be fair. Well, it, well we, it sounds like it, right? Because from the first uh, cinematic trailer that we got for Valhalla, King Alfred was what looked like the antagonist of the... Well, he definitely, he was the antagonist of the trailer. Yeah. So you're thinking, okay, King Alfred's going to be the bad guy? I guess, I guess it makes sense from if we're going from a Viking perspective. But if you look at the or, real history to it, or if you're watching The Last Kingdom, King Alfred's not black and white at all he's a very gray character he's yeah that's the thing about valhalla as well is there's gonna be he's not necessarily the main antagonist like sure he might be he might be an antagonist to begin with but he's a bit there's a bit more nuance to him and what we know is i don't think he's going to be the main antagonist by the end that that's something that i think we've heard but there's a lot of nuance to him so it's not it's not black and white he's bad you're good it's he's just trying to do what's best for whatever isn't he he or whatever he does but it's similar take on the character i presume as the what the last kingdom's done which is he's quite he's quite keen on documenting things if you will that is something yes. that he likes to do he's quite keen on um history he's, he's quite keen on uniting you know england as well though i don't know how where the, where the history ends and the last kingdom begins if you will but that is something mm. that i've noticed is quite um is quite key to his character and i wonder how much of that will be similar in valhalla where they have this um this gray character if you will where he's maybe it maybe not your pal to begin with but later on in the game turns out to be something of an ally someone that you someone that at times maybe he has to make a decision that doesn't necessarily go in your favor or something but at other times he understands your point and he's not necessarily against you and i wonder if that take on maybe like a, a secondary antagonist, if you will, as opposed to a prime, like a main antagonist, is what they're going to be doing with it. Because obviously, he's going to be a huge part of the game. Like historically, he would it was a huge part of the time, and obviously, he's the only um, king in English history to be referred to as the Great. I do believe he, he's so. he's he's what he did and what his descendants ended up doing is pretty incredible. England wouldn't exist without King Alfred. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's that's for England, sure, and, and even just from yeah, he's the inception. He was the first. He was the the king that you know drove that desire and want to make a united England, and you know was his. I guess kind of spoilers. 
Um, well, I don't know what spo- where spoilers begin, right? Like, where does the a video, fictional video game in real history yeah, kind of connect? Yeah, where does the you fiction don't know. begin? But, but his, his daughter was um, in control of Mercia, and his son was in control of uh, Wessex, and they, they took uh, East Anglia. So his, his two children um, took control of three of the kingdoms, and then it was just Northumbria in which his grandson united and was the first true king of England. So Yeah. Um, it's pretty uh, incredible what his descendants went went on to do that he began. It's it's yeah. a it's a b- piece of work that one generation couldn't achieve, but but wouldn't have happened without um, without him. At least that's what we read in history. How much of that is true? And I'm again no expert yet. I will be. I guarantee <laughs> yes. you that I'm going to be a fucking expert on this you real will. history. And these videos are going to be the best videos I've ever made when I'm done. But I've got us so much reading to do until then. I'm yeah, like, no. there's insane amounts of reading. How much reading did you do for the um for the Crusades and the um the, um, the real I'll, life I'll, assassins? A lot. I didn't go and spend hundreds of do- hundreds of dollars on books like I did this time. Well, that um, is, that I is just, commitment. I just read lots and lots and lots of articles and yeah. um and See, things like and things of that nature and and this is another level where I've spent hundreds see, of dollars I studied on books. the um see I studied the Crusades at A level and right. um and 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 um I, I like to think that I, I, I know a hefty bit, you know. I like yeah. I like to think that I, I know a few things. Yeah. But it's quite fucking obvious that you knew more than me. Uh, pretty quick because um, I still thought that the Hashashin, you know, smoked bud and killed people. Yeah, I, right. I, <laughs> but I mean, there's conflicted sources about that, but there's no necessary evidence. Is what yeah, exactly. That did that. Yeah, and that is um that is fascinating. That's something that um even at A level um that your sources that you're provided would give information saying that sources suggest that they might have been fucking smackheads, and I was like, oh, fucking beautiful, but. Yeah. No, it's just fascinating how a few articles and um, and you, you can be more educated than a man who's got an A level in history. Well, well, <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I did, I did, I studied history. You did, you, and, just, and it just goes to show that you did bits, didn't you? Yeah. Well, well I mean, I, I I know how to research. I spent all my high school years doing not just like um, I did modern history and yeah. and religious studies like the an elective of religious studies because i was so interested and i've read the quran i've read the bible multiple times the torah um and st- studying to buddhism i'm excited in a lot of ways one to learn about history of vikings but i've never delved into the religion of the vikings either so it's two loves of mine i love uh religious studies and and history so combining those two things they're but they're one and the same in a lot of ways but you know the study of religion more than anything i sucked at writing essays and sucked at english uh, until I did religious studies because those classes were to help me learn how to research and write really well. And I went from like a C student to an A student by my final year of yeah. high school in English, thanks to doing history and religious studies as, as history courses. History is great for, uh, for essay writing. A hundred percent. Oh, oh 100%. God, history and, is such an essay heavy topic. And, like, and, that's, and that's why it's, I think, doing these videos and going into uh, that Crusades video and learning about the assassins like yeah i'm no expert on those topics necessarily but i know how to research you are now and and i know how yeah sure um at least on that on the hashashans and and i know how to research and i know how to look for my primary sources and i know how to try to look at bias and i guess 
check multiple perspectives and and not yeah, no, and not be sentenced and be like I've read this that's fucking that fact. is something that's that the um, perspective. that that's something that history and religious studies can give you when it comes to researching anything is the ability to be it's a word that's it's word it's a word that you can't define without using the word in the definition and it's such an odd word that but we use it so often it's the word thorough like you can't define mm. the word thorough without using the word thorough in the definition and it is such an odd word but that is what um studying history and religious studies for example would would make you do it, it makes you it teaches you to be thorough it teaches you to look at things from every single perspective and pff, i can't be thorough fucking hell that is <laughs> that is it actually is a word that yeah. you can't define in any other way but itself yeah it just is and yeah that is what it is such an odd word but that is what history i was i was so nervous doing that video i've never been so nervous to release a video because i didn't want to fucking get anything wrong yeah you know i I didn't you you don't want to you don't want to make those big mistakes and of course people are calling you out on facts and stuff and i had like debates i'm explaining to people i'm like no like this is how many sources like i cannot i couldn't find a source that's saying what you're saying people like nah i know that this is a fact i speak that language i'm like yeah but that's a it's a dead language i'm talking about you speak the modern version nah doesn't mean that like i had a full argument i'm like well i've literally gone through books and academically like academic journals peer-reviewed journals and they saying yeah. this and he's like nah and i'm like well i don't know what to tell you you take it up with them don't take it up with me <laughs> yeah, i did exactly. my research and i tried to be as thorough as i can if i'm not right then i'm not right but i'm not the one to argue with about it go talk to the peer-reviewed journals and 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 professors that did the research because i'm just reading off them and trying to be as thorough as possible i'm not the expert i'm just the uh communicator of other people's research in a concise video form to talk about a video game and that's what this is going to be so i'm just going to try to have some fun i love learning history so i'm taking this as an excuse to just read and learn for fun and then try to create a concise nice fun series for everyone to to watch it's meant to be entertaining and i love history like that it's like a passion of mine is learning yeah. about things that happen in history Same. i like i've always liked there's two things that i love a good mystery and something of historical intrigue mix the two together and i'm in my element well, that's like, assassin's I, creed I'll, at least the early days uh, yeah well not anymore yeah it, no. <laughs> no but when, like, when it comes I, I like the real stuff you know like the real like some things that have fascinated me, and you're about to fucking sigh massively, is um, I like I like looking into unsolved serial killings. Like I, I'm fascinated by all those kinds of things. As morbid as they may get, I think all oh, that is dude. That is interesting. No, are you joking, dude? I fucking love obsessed. Well, I say love. I'm obsessed with serial killer stuff. Oh yeah, obsessed. No, it is, it like is great my bro- my brother, uh, you you're one and the same with me. You love your history. You love your serial killers. My brother gets creeped <laughs> out when he's looking at like <laughs> murders and stuff. He'll go like Tyler. He's like, what do you think? And I'm like, well, it's probably like I feel like I'm a fucking CIA agent or something. Like I'm a, t- a total detective because I'm like, well, based on this, uh, I'd imagine the killer probably has a background of this and went through this sort of trauma. When they were, like you know what I mean? Like I feel like I've watched way too many documentaries. Yeah, see, watch I can, I any can any that, murder but... mystery movie, and I'll be like, uh, that's what's happened. And we'll get yeah, no, in a murder like, mystery movie, I can movie. tell you the killer is in yeah. the first in the opening fifteen <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. minutes. No, <laughs> see, I could I could probably look at the Jack the Ripper case and give you a fucking name pretty yeah, fucking right. quickly. I could do it on the spot. If you want, uh, no, is it Jack the Lad? Is that no, what it is? no yeah, obviously Jack the, the Jack the Lad. No, yeah, there are yeah, actual, yeah. there are actual we sources know who it is. referring to. There, this funny part is there are actual sources referring to Jack the Ripper as Jack the Lad, and That's nothing so hurts my brain more than reading That's that. That's so insane. No, but thing is though, they have they have in theory come close to naming a suspect in the past though. It's but due to 
the DNA that they they used from this. It's just it's all a bunch of science waffle. And yeah. basically, they came up with the name of a Polish barber named Aaron Kosminski. And I was like, oh, that's fascinating. I wonder what evidence they have on him. And apparently, they managed to find a sample of his, on, of his like, say, semen on um, a piece of clothing that was left at the scene of one of the killings. And I think, well, that's 100 years old. So that is but then, and then some. So that's, that is tainted evidence. At, yeah. at its, because they didn't even know what DNA um, was back then, really, not did they? Not at all. No, not at all. So they didn't... It's very, um, it's, DNA is very new so he could very have come across new. that afterwards and fucking spunked on it, it you go to these you go to the 60s they're like what the fuck's dna what are you talking about they have no well, fucking idea but the thing is when i look at all the other different suspects that the police had for you know who was leather apron as he was referred to at the time or yeah. or jack the ripper um and the only name that ever keeps coming up as you can't cancel him out is aaron kosminski there are a few people who died in the middle of the killings some who were arrested in the middle of the killings and there are a few who couldn't have done it for other reasons. But one that keep, keeps propping up is this Polish barber. And I'm like, oh, that's fascinating. See, I'm like, that's, that's juicy. I'm almost, I'm almost glad that they never resolved it properly. Like, never, never put that name and said, that is, that is con- canon, if you will. That is canonical. That's what they use <laughs> with, uh, they use that with serial killers sometimes. Like the, the, um, like the five known victims of Jack the Ripper are known as the canonical five. Um, things like that. So I look at it and go, I'm so, I'm glad that they didn't put the name to the face and leave it at that. I'm because we can have this like, oh, what if, you know? And that's when Ubisoft comes along and goes, "I have massive money dick," and <laughs> things happen. I have massive money dick. <laughs> it's what they do. It's what they do. What? I don't. Okay. I'm gonna every time they come up with a game and announce a game, we're like, well, we have massive money, Dick. So this is what we're gonna <laughs> yeah, do now. Absolutely, do. Now, how many times do you reckon that'll appear in your patron list? Oh um, god, next time? massive money, massive, dick. aka massive money, Dick. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> I think I'm creating the next one. Good oh, luck god. explaining that one to James. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so James will be like, so Tyler, what the fuck is the massive money, Dick? And god damn it. He'll be like, well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> Uh, oh. Well, I've got a question. To go back to this real history thing, question yeah. for you. Uh, so I was watching your one of your um, Valhalla videos just to get like, because I don't know anything and I don't know where to find news. Yeah. So I go to your channel. Um, Me one too. of the things that James and I talked about, and we talked about in the last podcast, um, but also you mentioned in your video is the Valhalla being the transition from hidden ones to assassins or to the ancients to templars now you talk that about is... you know yourself the crusades is there any way in your mind that you can somehow connect because in terms of real history what i appreciate about what they're doing with the assassin's creed is not calling them assassins and templars until the, the real crusades. assassins and real templars exist the reason the why crusades. they can't yeah, the reason ex- why the reason why they can't call the assassins assassins before the crusades is because before the crusades the word assassin didn't exist correct so so they can't they can't really put it in there because the word at this at this point in time wasn't a thing, mm-hmm. like it wasn't. Yeah, they, they, everyone was speaking different languages back and in the day. It didn't really even exist it during the Crusades, but it was a, it kind of developed afterwards. Exactly, and it was all based on that on that concept of the of the Hashashinith, I do believe. Yes. Obviously, it came from different places as well, but the word assassin, yeah, came from an easier way. To say it came from the Europeans talking about the Hashashans, and that they, yeah, exactly. So that is how the word assassin came to exist. So before then, they can't use the word. They've used the word assassinations in um, origins once, 
and it hurt my brain because I was like, that word didn't even exist back yeah. then. But yeah, I, it but makes sense of modernizing the concept. It makes sense. It makes sense of the modernizing of the concept, but English. it's a keyword. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So it makes some sense, but I, I, I did, I do think of it, and I go, okay, fair enough. But so they could do it in theory because of how the universe is established based on the different language and things as you've mentioned. But I don't know what to expect as far yeah. as where what will happen with that. Like you could do, you could. Sure, I don't think I'd be too pissed off if they just if they did it and it made sense in the story that they were telling. But at the same time, I'd like to have some form of historical logic to it as well. I agree. I'm totally with you. Do you but, think how how long do you think this game's gonna span? Is my question here, right? Because eight eight seventy is the year they're saying the game starts. That's, that's now, when it starts. Is is, yeah. is Avor a child? Um, I reckon it will start before then. But the main bulk, yeah, the so main it'll bulk. be a, a main bulk. So it'll start. Probably eight sixty five. Well, um, Alfred's we'll not king till the late eight eighties. No, yeah. Well, what I'm thinking is it'll start. Well, okay, maybe it'll start with um with Avor eight seventy. Then, like you said, that's when it starts. Yeah. Okay, I I must have read this wrong. So, if Alfred's not king till the late eight eighties, then let's assume that that is the middle part of the game. So you've yeah. got you've got you've got youngish Avor at the start. Not not too young. Probably, yeah, eight, oh, hang on. A, no, no, I'm totally, I'm totally off. I thought he was. No, he died in the late eight eighties. Hang on. No, let me okay. check. Alfred so, the Great was king. Um, eight seventy one. I'm totally right. Sorry, okay, he died so, in the late eight eighties. Okay, thought, so the I game does. King so let's assume. 80s. Let's assume anyway that eight seventy one is sort of the early to middle part of the game. Then, based on that logic, so it will probably start maybe half a decade before 870 with Eivor sort of and and a bit of setup if you will in yeah. in good old Norway and then we get the main bulk of the game yeah well the, this is he was king for like he was king for a fucking long time he was king oh this Until is why I got it wrong I remember because I was reading I'm like I swear to god so he was king of Wessex from 871 to 886 but he then was, in 886, he became king of the Anglo-Saxons from 886 to 899. Because I'm like, I swear he died in 899, which he did. There you go. So he, I, I, he was king of the Saxons from 886 to 899. That's what I thought his reign was. But I, I misjudged. He was also, like, technically, he was called king of Wessex and then king of Saxons. So it was, they call it two completely different reigns, even though technically he was one reign as king from 871 to 899 which is almost 30 years as king which in those days was an enormous reign and he achieved an enormous amount during that yeah reign. huge amounts so so what we're looking at then i think is the span of maybe they could go so far as to give us a full 30 year story but i think what they'll do is it will probably end around 890 as opposed to like 899. Like Alfred might be a part of the story, but I don't know how key he's going to be. So you think he'd still be king by the end of the game? I don't I don't know how key he's going to be. Maybe. See, the logic here is, right, if it ended say with Alfred's death, then you'd have you'd have a full like um the last kingdom on your hands where they sort of where season 4 is basically okay, what's next? Um so if you if you if you see it like that, then maybe we could get the full 30 years in there, the full shebang of that. But also logically are we going to get 30 years of of big burly Viking man? Mm, it's tough, eh? It is probably a lot not. to cram in into a game. Probably especially... not. You're right. You're right. You're probably right. It is a lot. See, they did they did manage it once with Assassin's Creed, but that was three games. 
right? Yes. <laughs> and it and it was fifty odd years it, yeah, with was, little was, bits. Yeah, sixty five years if you really want to get into 60, it. Yeah, sixty five. Oh, that's his entire uh, life from birth to death. Yeah, six. Yeah, they told that story. Obviously, they didn't. They they cut out bits that weren't relevant, like um between Revelations and Embers and is that right? Embers. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Shit. Yeah, and obviously Ezio's birth to his um seven being 17 and doing bits you know those are bits that we don't necessarily need to see they could they could do it like that where time passes but also that you have to consider the limitations of the health of say some of these characters like is that plausible maybe maybe not i mean i'm curious as to what they do with it as far as the time period is concerned but i reckon there'll be a huge focus on alfred the great um, as a as a character more so than a villain especially it'll start off as seemingly as an antagonist and then he'll develop more into a character that you you eventually come i think you'll eventually come to um to not be enemies if you will and then they'll then it'll develop beyond that into um something beyond if you get me like yeah. it'll develop into a, more of an alliance if you will maybe maybe, maybe a trying alliance like maybe not the 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 nicest of you know friendships or whatever you're not exactly getting matching tattoos but you know at least mm. it, it's a development of character i reckon is what they're going to focus on yeah, and uh, yeah it's it's hard for me to imagine how that would work if you are you know truly a viking and your people are all vikings um, you see that's so the there, there, there were lots of danes that lived in alfred's wessex but they became christian right so they were Christian yeah, well, Danes. You see, so. that's the, that's the thing about um about what we know about the settlement and about Eivor and his um his people is they're they're not they're not like I don't know they're not overly violent if you will. They are um the best way to describe what they are is they would rather make peace if you can if you if you can imagine like they that their first their first choice would be to be to you know coexist with the with the um saxons sorry my words are getting confused there so i think that i think ubisoft will do what they always do which is take a little bit of creative freedom and they'll they'll bridge it that way now i don't know how it's going to work i'm not too well versed in the setting like like i said like i said most of my knowledge comes from watching the last kingdom and i haven't really got into vikings i don't know too much about that show but well question for you where do you think the settlement's going to be based would you i'd argue it's either going to be Northumbria or East Anglia, uh, right? You can't have it in Mercia or Wessex. It's gonna. I reckon it'll be. Um, oh God, that's a good point. Northumbria will be my best guess. Yeah. Based on where Norway is, they'll settle pretty quickly after they touch land. I'd imagine. Yeah. So it's, so it's there North, or East North, Anglia for sure. It'll be Northumbria, I think. Maybe there's not a lot maybe. of snow. The reason I think there's not a lot of snow, or anything in 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 any of the pictures it seems like quite a nice looking place the settlement which i mean there's parts of northumbria so, that are nice so and stuff, like, but i'd say east anglia is a more likely well if we look at where if we look at where the cities are so for example you've got london and you've got winchester and those are in those are in um the south and then you've got then you've got jorvik which is york which is in the northeast sort of sort of yorkshire sort of modern day yorkshire area which would have been northumbria at the time um, it makes me think that they're gonna they're gonna want to introduce you to one of these settlements before the other two, like they'll want you to be close to a bigger se- bigger settlement as well. So it'll be near one of those, and the only one of those that's actually anywhere near a coast that sort of faces the direction of Norway is probably York. It's still not the closest ever, but yeah. it's not the closest to the coast ever. It's pretty inland, but 
I think that's more likely where we're going to be, sort of North- Northumbria region. But yeah. I-, I don't know. See, it's not the necessarily the snowiest area either. True. I guess True. it depends on where you go. Um, it doesn't really snow around this time of year anyway. I mean, imagine. Yeah. Imagine if I'm sweltering and sweating right now. I go outside and it's fucking snowing. Yeah, like, true. Oh, Jesus. True. No, but I think that's most likely what's going to happen. But then again, it could be somewhere in um, in East Anglia because that sort of like protrudes from the um, from the east of the of the like the landmass that is you know the Brit of the the major island basically of the British Isles. I yeah. forgot what they fucking call it. Just 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 island well i don't know big place they big, talked about regions that aren't announced that are going to be in this game are we do you just wales scotland wales scotland ireland wales and scotland ireland i wouldn't say wales and scotland though those are probably put in there they sort of have to be in there in some ways when you think. i mean they're quite key as well because well, there's if, a you're lot talk, of if you're talking map size they, they so let's talk about map size they said this is bigger map than odyssey which is what the fuck ever um yeah, yeah. Uh, but are we talking because half of it's water anyway because if you're talking like let's say you've got a big portion of the map here's england know. and then there's this big massive water gap and then there's norway them. like and it's all in one map as it would be it would only be in one map it wouldn't they wouldn't have loading screens between the two um it's just mostly water anyway i don't know so, it could be it could be that's what Wales they mean by it's Scotland. technically the biggest map but land mass that you're on it's not the biggest so they've it's spent... not the biggest no because it's quite a it's quite a small space really it's, it's still big because it's a full country in fact if you're putting wales and scotland in there at the time it was three and if you want to put if you want to be technical based on how divided it was in these different kingdoms it was it was a it was a couple of, it was a couple more than that it was uh, it was six kingdoms isn't it because Wales and Scotland at this time were nothing to do with England, and England no. was divided into four um, major um, sections, if you will. Yeah. And so you've got, I, of course, you've got Wales, you've got Scotland. Uh, those are possible locations that we could see. If you see any promotional content with men in kilts, then you know that I don't know when kilts were pop, pop, popular. No, probably right. not at this time. Uh, but if 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 you see that, then you know what's up. If you see any, um, if you see any lovely. Lovely hills with sheep in abundance, and you know Wales is present. And I don't know how to describe Scotland beyond the haggis, and honestly, that is a bit of a shame. <laughs> but no, I've probably upset a lot of people in my in the last five minutes of me talking. <laughs> so yeah, then there's then there's the concept of having a Nor- bit of Norway that you can probably revisit if you wanted to as well. And I I wonder if there'll be locations off the coast off the coast of you know England as well. Not in Norway, like for example, in the south, in the southeast of England, the closest point I do believe France is only like twenty miles away. And which is Frankia at the time? Is that what it's called? Frankia? It, it fucking fuck knows, man. Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, not it wasn't me yet. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I, I'm I'm curious. I'm probably curious. probably was Normandy at the time actually. Probably well, the France where you can. So that part of France was probably Normandy at the time, just didn't know Normandy. Yeah, um, right. And that's sort of like a place. I don't, I don't know. William the Conqueror. That whatever. It was yeah. Normandy then. Well, that's you know quite a while after. Um, well, that, not too far, not too long after, a couple hundred years, but yeah, you know, long enough that it won't be in the game. My logic is the location is still there. Yeah, true. No, um, some, there, there are some lovely spots in um in 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 Normandy that you know aren't too far away from being logically part of it where you could go there not necessarily to visit on a whim but yeah. maybe it's like one one side quest if you will like one quest that takes you away from it in like a set piece like um 
Have you have you heard of Mont Saint Michel, which is yeah, like of a, course, it's one of the maps like, in the Brotherhood multiplayer and the Revelations multiplayer. I love it's the it. tidal island, isn't it? Um, yeah, tidal island. Um, it's also in Kingdom Hearts: Dreams of Distance, Three Musketeer World. Mont Saint Michel's in the Three Musketeers world when you're with Mickey and Donald. Duke. I've I've been there before. It's fucking great. Have um, you actually I've, been to Mont Saint Michel? I've, I've actually been to Mont Saint Michel. Yeah, it's a beautiful, it's it's certainly a beautiful, incredible. one of my favorite uh, Assassin's Creed multiplayer maps. So I've, uh, I've actually been to the actual Mont Saint Michel. It looks a lot nicer. Was in it real built life. then? It was. It was Mont Saint Michel. I don't know when it was built. It probably wasn't built by this point. But I want to Google that actually. Uh, uh, I'll do that for. You. I think it might have been. You know. Let me get. Um. Let me get a. Uh, let me get a bloody history thing up. It was. Okay, when was it built? Let me know when it was built. It might not have been how it was now, but I think it was 8th century. It was for when it was first in establishment, so part of it existed. God knows. Mm. Maybe we're just being a bit too loose, fast and loose with history at the moment. We're being, we're being we're... fast and loose right now. We're being fast and loose. That's what this podcast is becoming right now. Fast and loose, re- me. Fast and loose. It's really not giving much. I can't find a date. I can't find a date, but settlement existed there at least from the 8th century. What a century. wild place. Just looking at these pictures of it, like what a wild fucking, place to have a castle. It's it's, 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 it's it's a tidal island, so when the tide come comes in, it used to, anyway, um, be completely just an island there. Um, now, not so much. Like, obviously, every now and then it the looks tide like will come in. It looks like a massive, like, Disney fairy tale castle built in the middle of, like, a mud water like a marshland it's so odd it's so it's, jarring it's, to look it's, at a picture it's of off it. the coast it's off the coast and it's, it's fucking glorious though it's truly it truly does at times get to a point where the, it is just cut off from the land because it is but well, the tide comes in sometimes quite high and it will you know take the road off like you know it'll cover the road and so Whoa. when it comes to visiting the place um you have to time it but it's not too bad because the tide doesn't wow. tend to come in that high anymore. It reminds me of looking at pictures like in real life. It looks like Minas Tirith from Return of the King from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It sort of reminds me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. No, no, no. That's in my head. Yeah. Okay. You can't unsee it now, can you? You're like, that's <laughs> Minas Tirith. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And that's may- what that is. May- maybe there's an inspiration there, but Mont Saint-Michel looks like maybe. it's ripped straight out of fantasy. It's such oh. a- That'd be sick so, if it was built then, or if any part of it was built then, it'd be cool. cool I think, it, I think, go. like I said, there was an estab- there was there was a settlement established by eighth century and Valhalla's ninth century, so there there could be something set you, piece little mission. Do you think that? No, um, no okay. <laughs> I won't. Even, yeah, I don't. Okay, no, you don't. Okay, <laughs> I don't think that. Uh, no. I, I guess from from what going back to what I was asking, but earlier about the Crusades and the names being changed, do you think there's any way they'll I mean, it sounds like they're trying to link. To me, this will be the game they're going to link to AC One. If they're they want a culmination, if they're if they're transitioning from Hidden One to Assassins or to Ancients to Templars, how are they going to do that without skipping hundreds of years and going beyond just Eivor and going know. to uh, the Middle East? They have they have hinted at some possible. I don't know. There's they've hinted at. I do believe they've hinted at some possible. You might not necessarily always be in this, you know, this area. Like, sure, this is the world map, but some parts might take place elsewhere, else, if you yeah. will. And that, where Black Flag, you have those weird off. We got Af- Northern Africa and shit. Exactly, things like that. Oh, I don't know what where you'd want to go as a Viking. Um, I would say Middle East 
uh, they haven't invented sun cream yet. So I'm <laughs> I'm thinking logically, as a Viking, you're not gonna you're not gonna well want to well go well the thing is Vikings went to the Middle East. Some Vikings so? did go to the Middle East. There and all the, all, uh, now that I think of it, actually, this is totally fucking clicking my head. Some Vikings traveled around to like the Malta, Italy, Middle East coast area. Yeah, they even found themselves Tur- in North America. There was there was some there were some Vikings that went to like desert lands and shit, like that sailed around, like sailor Vikings. They're, they're well traveled. They were they were a well traveled people. So yeah, anything not all is them, possible. But some of them. Yeah, actually, you, you know what? Fuck, it's it, a very malleable thing. Something. Yeah, but you see that the, then you have to remember that Ubisoft has a habit of this, and it's something that I've noticed a lot. As they'll say, there's there, there are more settings to come, but we're not ready to talk about that. There, there are more things you can, places you can visit, um, but we're not ready to talk about them yet. Or there are more characters you can play as, but we're not ready to talk about them yet. Yeah. And uh, <coughs> there's nobody, there's nothing. <laughs> true, you know, true. It's or nothing before. that worth it to get excited about, right? Yeah, no, but I feel like, uh, come on, when it comes to a story that they want to tell, and Darby McDevitt has stated it's some sort, it's like a culmination of everything so far, is that I do believe something along those lines. Yeah. Not necessarily an end point, but um, but a climax of what's come before, if you will. Yeah. And I think to myself, if Darby McDevitt is saying that, then it, I mean, it's Darby McDevitt, man. Yeah. So it's he knows got, it's got, deliver an ending. He's, he, knows to, he knows how to deliver, doesn't he? Is is a is a is a clever guy, and yeah. when he says that, it makes me think that there could be something you know special coming from it. But it's one of those things we have to wait and see because um, until we actually you know get the game and we play it through completely, we won't know what any of that means. And Darby won't tell us because that is Darby style. It, it's he'd rather we played the games than read everything about them, yeah. which is an interesting point considering there's a lot of there's a lot of information circulating about a game that we haven't seen any gameplay for. Like, sure, we got that trailer, and that was fine. 60 seconds. Not the best trailer in the world. Not the worst. Whatever. But what I find really interesting is how much information is actually circulating about a game that we haven't seen any demo for, like any gameplay, like in the sense that we have, we've seen the engine. We know it's probably the same Origins Odyssey engine um, for the most part, and I do believe that's been that's been confirmed, um, and it makes the most sense. The game's only been in development since the end of Origins development, I do believe, as far as full development is concerned. Yeah, anyway, for sure. Um, I'm sure Darby but, was researching and writing stuff. You oh know, no, he Darby, was because he wasn't full it, on Origins. It was probably it, it, the moment he was done with Origins. I reckon he moved straight on to Valhalla or something. Yeah, I um, agree. I think I think he was doing his research, going, "This is what this is what's next," you know. Way before, um, but what I'm thinking is, I oh, fuck my points just literally slipped out my ear. Then, uh, what what I'm trying to think, it, I'm trying to think now. I can't even think anymore. Is that when it comes to this, the information that we've got, there's so much of it. I just, I think there's a lot of that, and it's one thing reading about the game and getting excited for what you're reading because they can make anything sound good. They literally referred. They literally referred to flighting as Viking rap battles, and it was fucking amazing. Um, it's not too far off anyway, but it's it's a rhythmic roasting match basically, which is very odd, but also very accurate, I guess. Um, but my point is, there's lots of information, not there's not much footage of the actual game. Sixty seconds is what's circulating at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And I worry that we'll learn too much about the game before the game's out, based on what we already know and what we already what we've already seen, like as as a proportion. Yeah. Uh, so 
that's when I think well, we'll get gameplay and a shit ton of information because that like usually Ubisoft wait until they show off the game properly to yield endless information because when they release when they announce their games they tend to release gameplay demos pretty quickly that's that's at least the experience from the past but this time it's been they've, they've been a bit more conservative with um the gameplay footage that they've shown and as much as i appreciate that i mean i don't care we'll see gameplay eventually sure i do worry that we'll find out too oh. much information about the game itself trying to sell it if you get me oh my god so ethan my housemate jared just made homemade hazelnut chocolate cookies and what's the ice cream? Coffee. Coffee. Intense coffee. Intense coffee ice cream. He's handed me a bowl full. <laughs> I'll show that on the screen. Oh my god. Oh, that is fantastic. oh my god, they smell so the fucking. Co- the cookies are gooey as well, like in the center. Holy fuck, dude. Yeah, enjoy. Dude, I'm so yeah, excited. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Tell, right tell, now. tell Jared I said, I said he was a fucking legend. Oh, um, Ethan says you're a legend. That's, dude, that's amazing. Magnificent. You got a few more? Fuck! Not cooked, but... <laughs> Dude. Yeah. You're fucking with me right now. Yeah. Anyway, enjoy. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you. And, and ladies and gentlemen, if you want to see Jared, more of Jared, you'll see him on Clubhouse and Patreon next week. Next week. So, patreon.com forward slash, as always, if you want to come down on, on screen, you'll be able to see yourself there. Oh, there yeah. he is. This beautiful biracial angel here. Um, so, you can see him. Patreon.com forward slash, as always, $1 a month. We'll get drunk next week and... and, and Get your questions in on the Patreon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for this. Holy shit! (laughs) (sighs) Oh god, I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need to ask you a lengthy question, Ethan, so you can talk and I can listen and eat this fucking. Okay, I thought you had a lengthy question then. No, I I do. I always have lengthy questions for you, and and thankfully you're the only person that can probably talk as much as I can talk. So it's good. Like I could talk underwater, and I think so could you. It's brilliant. I can do. I don't always choose to, but I can. Yeah. I can also listen, but I, I like can, to talk. Yeah. yeah I like I'm to hear my voice. I like the sound of my own voice. <laughs> I like to, I like it's the sound odd. of your own voice and my own voice. It's, be- it's beautiful. <laughs> Likewise, <laughs> time. I like your voice too. <laughs> it's so fucking daft. Okay. Oh, God. Um, I had a... Oh, well, I've got, I mean, I've got a massive list here of, of these Valhalla bits of information. Um that have popped up one of the big ones was that i'm excited about and it's what something that pre-origins we talked about a lot yeah which was bringing back like assassin tombs and tomb exploration and origins did that so differently where it was like it was more natural like you'd walk into it it wasn't like this force set piece which i love about the oldest house creed games but it still did its own way where you had to think there's some puzzle bits to it a lot more mystery and then odyssey's just like uh we don't know what that is um but they're talking about that a lot more in valhalla where's your head out with that well I, I've heard that there's going to be some navigational puzzles as well. Now, when I when I hear navigational puzzles, I think um, I think more in the lines of where it's like, like like sort of origins and like sort of the old set pieces. Is that what that's what I think about? Where you have where you do these puzzles in these tombs that you're exploring, but sometimes they require you to do a bit of parkour. Maybe maybe you have to push some things about. Maybe you have to then push some things about, then climb them, or maybe you have to put weights on things and things like that. And I think navigational puzzles are my favorite kind of puzzles because i don't have to take myself away from what i'm exploring to do the puzzle and i like those a lot now obviously odyssey corrupted them to fuck but you have to move a million of these 
and and destroy a few but uh, destroy a few of these pots and things like this. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? The Legend of Zelda? No. So I've I do. I do kind of, I am kind of wary of what navigational puzzles does mean because it's been corrupted already by the franchise. But also, I I also think of all the all the fun times I've had in Origins, in Two, uh, Brotherhood, and Revelations with navigational, well, navigational set pieces and puzzles of the sort. And I wonder what will be what. So obviously, it won't necessarily be set pieces because we know the gameplay engine that we're likely to see in play is not necessarily designed at this point for in-depth set pieces um in the sense that we used to get with um with assassin's creed and i think it's fair to say that with assassin's creed 2 through revelations that the gameplay back at back then was more was more designed with that in mind as a key point whereas now it's more because it's an op- an rpg they have to be more open with it so they'll be more open with it and it'll be more in the sense of navigational puzzles and things that we got for origins so when it comes to exploring tombs and things i reckon we'll have a lot of um you're enjoying those cookies aren't oh, you oh dude this is the best thing i've ever <laughs> fucking eaten in my life dude to be honest with you trying to keep a straight face on camera while eating this is fucking impossible this is the best thing that's ever hit my mouth this is the thickest cookie i've ever had it's I'm like so hard on the outside and soft in the middle it's got ha- whole hazelnuts <laughs> and chocolate in it and coffee ice cream this is fucking bullshit i'm on a diet right now fuck that shit i'm going hard on this I've lost seven kilos in the last seven weeks. I'm hard on diet. I'm working out fucking eight times a week. This and is I've the biggest cheat overnight. I've done. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. But I'm also seven enjoying you talking bike. about, you know, the way the tombs are, the way the tombs are going to work and operate in Valhalla. Especially yeah, since rec- the, we're going to yeah. have ancient Roman ruins to go through at this time. Oh, yeah, Roman ruins. It makes me think. You see, my my hometown was actually originally a Roman settlement. Right. So I wonder if that where's that in located. That's in the southwest. That's Exeter. So that's in um that's in Devon now. Um, but it's uh I believe at the time it was Wessex, right? I think. Right. Yeah. I think if I look at a map of Wessex, it's um it's in it's southwest of the UK. So it's you know that this the um the West Country Peninsula, if you will. Yeah. Well, no, Wessex was in, did encompass the southwest. Yeah, that's right. So Exeter is on there, even on ancient history maps of it. Like I see. I see Wessex, sorry, no, I see Exeter in Wessex, so that's, I wonder if, if we can go there, and if we can, it's going to be so fucking great, because I'll be able to visit my hometown in Assassin's Creed. Obviously, I understand that they can't put every single location in the game, and there's a lot of locations in England, believe me, like, it's it's a very dense place, That's but where Exeter was around, yeah, the bit of stones will just, just be some, they're going to be it. somewhere, it's, Stonehenge, man. <laughs> bit of Stonehenge. The, the bit of Stonehenge. Yeah, that no, the bit is, of Stonehenge. That, that is technically a bit of stones, but it's, is it the bit of stones? Yeah. So there That's are some maps that I find where the the West Country is it's, is more Wales. Um, but that's actually just Cornwall on the, on the maps that I can find, whereas Devon, which is the region I'm from, is actually part of Wessex. So that's pretty cool. Um, so I do I do wonder if I'll be able to visit like the Roman ruins, not necessarily ruins, but like the settlement based on like built on the Roman ruins of my hometown. Like it's not wouldn't have been a massive place at this time, probably not a, not a big city or anything like that. Um, but it, like it's it's not a big city now. It's a city, sure, but it's a small one. Um, it's only a city really because it has a cathedral, which is the qualification here in the UK for cities, I think. <laughs> Uh, but it was a roman settlement at, um and i really do 
hope it's in the game in some form so I can, you know, ha- have a little tear up at that because I fucking love that place. I haven't been there in years. I haven't been back. I need to sort... I been, it's, the last time I went to Exeter was 2017. It's been a long oh, time. I've been, I spent is, a long time away from Is anyone of your home. family still there? Uh, my nan, but she has Alzheimer's, so as far as she's concerned, I visited last week, mm. so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, oh my, my dad God. as well. My, my dad lives down there as well. So oh, does two. he? I love how you yeah. start with your nan and not your dad. Well, I needed to tell the joke. Yeah, right. True. Uh, the joke. Yeah. The joke came to my brain. And I went, yes. Yeah, let's it's, let's tell the inappropriate time. joke about my nan before I say my dad lives there. Yeah. Yeah. Correct that. No, no, and I've got a lot of uh, family that I don't talk to down there as well because we've always been the odd ones. Um, well, that's a mostly... shock. No. That's a shock. You being the odd no, one, even. Oh, when when you when you come from the West Country, everyone's fucking odd. Trust me, mm-hmm. we're the most normal, and that's what's odd about us. <laughs> uh, and if we're the most normal, can you imagine some of the fucking weird luddites you get down there? Mm. Fucking hell. I'm scared. I've got I've got an uncle, a great uncle, who's got one arm and burns all over his face, and he's a fascinating character. I don't talk to him much because he believed my nan was faking her Alzheimer's, but you know, <laughs> I'm like, how do you fake that? <laughs> how do you fake that? My, my what guy. do you mean? What do you mean he thought she was faking her Alzheimer's? Like I said, he's a fucking luddite. It's, it's, when he's like she's faking it she doesn't have fucking Alzheimer's she's a liar she just wants to live in her home what she, she just wants to t- she, which is very rich coming from a guy who's been looked after by my nan all his life mm. um, but you know so she's trying know. to get out looking after me yeah I'm a grown man <laughs> yeah. but I can't look after myself at least you have both your arms <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell Ken. I'll never forget um, when we were filming the Four Pillars Assemble trailer and it's in the blooper reel well, I was like, sword. no, no, true. That's that's a great part. But when you go, when you had the line, I've seen deaths like this before. We're talking about swog deaths, and I'm talking yeah. like, and we're talking about how people are dying in the video. And I'm like, so you need to say like, you've seen death like this before, and you're like, well, I have actually. I'm like, well, okay, like, of course you have. <laughs> like, that's such an easy thing. <laughs> Can I just address that that was a joke? Yeah. I didn't see deaths like that before. I killed them myself okay yeah <laughs> okay i'm sorry you do you, you do we've just gone on a mad tangent we have we? We... Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm on the last bite of this cookie and i'm just like this this is maybe the best thing i've ever eaten in my life i'm that fucking is, my losing my shit i'm so glad that i could share this experience with you albeit being twelve thousand miles away really really humbling uh it's a magical experience but we were talking about before before i talked about my nan and her uh, and I think Alzheimer's fucking bitch. Um. <laughs> <laughs> like, <I'll... laughs> thing is though, thing is though, I'll give her a call at some point and then completely forget to give her a call, and she'll she'll be like, "Oh yeah, I remember when you called the other day." I'll be like, "Yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah, I bet I did." Yeah, it won't matter if you call her or not call her; she won't remember. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh dear God, my last surviving Stop grandparent, <laughs> and I'm making jokes about her slowly dying. <laughs> From a fatal Fuck. condition. Fuck. My, see if my dad, if my dad ever watches this podcast, and the chances aren't necessarily high, but they aren't necessarily low. Yeah, he's gonna have a go at me, and I'm gonna be like, "Listen, it, it's, it's not comedy, impossible." Man. Yeah. It, listen, you, listen. 
how can you watch Ricky Gervais and be this touchy? And he'll be like, okay, it's fine. True. No, it's, it it is it's fine. I think I think we all agree it's 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 good to laugh about these things. Exactly. But no, we, how did we get onto that? Well, well, we're talking about the temples somehow, and your and the Roman yeah. ruins, and your oh, the Roman ruins um, of my hometown, hometown. Yeah. And so the, the, I'd love other... to. Yeah, go on. Yeah, but what I'd like to see, like as well, is obviously we've seen the Romans um, a little bit in, yeah, well, you know, uh, origins. So we've seen we've seen a lot of them sort of in a in their prime if you will before they became the empire like they weren't the empire um they were the republic at this time um at caesar because believe it or not it was never a lot of people confuse him and say that he was an emperor of um of rome which he ne- he never was he never was emperor his um his adopted son slash nephew which is fucking odd but rome um i believe what's his name augustus he was the um he, he was the first official emperor of rome i do believe um and so we saw we saw rome before they were the empire that was rome they were as the republic and sure that's great we saw some lovely bits um now this is going to be after them and i'm curious to see what the difference will be between roman roman forts that we see in origins like in their prime if you will yeah um, just and roman ruins which is what we'll likely see in a lot of places in Valhalla, as it's set the best part of well, well, o- well over nine hundred years, you know, later. Yeah. Of and, course, and of course, th- the Ro- Rome's only fallen. I don't know. Rome fell. When did ancient Rome? Roman Empire something fe- AD. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it, technically, it the Byzantine Empire still exists now yeah. at this time. So technically, the Roman Empire still exists, but not really. Yeah, the the Western Roman Empire, which was um, didn't fall to the I Ottomans to Constantinople. Then the Roman Empire it was technically late, fell. It was late fifth century is when um, I guess Rome probably yeah, right. fell. So you know it's long enough for a lot of places to fall into disrepa- disrepair. A lot of the, a lot oh, of the structural sure. integrity will be intact because it Rome. Like the Romans built shit to last. Have you seen their roads? Fucking hell, straight lines three days. No, I've I've, um, I've walked through Pompeii. They survived volcano ash. Like, it's fucking, yeah, fucking hell, it's unreal. What 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 they built and how how well it survives. One thing is as well is the fact that they talk about how this game's more grounded in what Assassin's Creed is built on, which Assassin's Creed is science fiction, not fantasy. Um, yeah, and it you know, Origins was more science fiction, where yeah, it played with the gods and the religion stuff through like visions and things like that. And they found ways to kind of get around it without being too fantasy while trying to get those mini fantasy elements in it, but they weren't real. Like they were actually fake in the game with their computer glitches. Whereas in Minotaurs exist. (laughs) Are you fucking retarded? This is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. Fuck. Hey, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, and, no, that is, and it's, now they're going more grounded. So seeing these Roman ruins and going through these ancient it, places, it's it's gonna it's, have a mystique to it. Yeah, it's it's it'll have the mystique to it. It's not gonna be fucking minotaurs coming out of you. And if there are, uh, I'm gonna fucking break my cool Xbox. I will break the fuck out of them. <laughs> if I see a fucking minotaur, I will kill myself. No, it's it's odd because there's no there's there's no like I don't know of any source which has put a minotaur in England. But if anyone's going to put one there, it'd be Ubisoft. They'd, they'd do it. Don't, don't do I, it. Don't do I don't think. Me. I don't think. What is it? Montreal Three, which is the head studio working on this game, right? Which is Ashraf Ismail and his and his um yeah. hefty crew. No, I don't think that they. I don't think they let it, they let it fly. I think they go. No, it's just Yves no. Guillemot comes back. He's like, great game putting... and everything. One thing. One little thing I need you guys to give me. 
that maybe is you, the you, I know you're making T-Rex. a game for the fans, but can you give me one thing? And I was like, what's, I'll give you one. And he's like, I want a Minotaur. <laughs> I want a Minotaur. I was like, minotaur. where? It's like, where? In the middle of London. Okay. And that uh, was it. Oh right. God. I would, I would be fucking alarmed if that happened, but I'd also, I don't think I'd be able to control my laughter for a little while after that. I think it would be random impulses. You know, like, you know, like in Joker where, where our, our boy Joaquin Phoenix breaks out into la- like fits of laughter at yeah. really inappropriate times. That'd be me for, for a little while after seeing a Minotaur <laughs> oh, in God. Valhalla. I'd be really, I, I don't, I don't think I'd be sad because I don't know what to expect anymore. Like, sure, I have faith in Ashraf Ismail and his and his team and Darby McDevitt, and I know that they're gonna fucking make a, an experience the best that they possibly can, and I don't doubt that for a second. But if I see a fucking unexplainable mythical creature that is just there for the sake of it, I am going to be very shocked. <laughs> I but I don't think I'd be surprised. Yeah, the, yeah, I, you're right. I would be surprised, but I'd also end my life and break my <laughs> Xbox. Your Xbox would have a fist hole in it. Holy <laughs> shit. You Holy would, you shit. You would rip into that thing and then rip it out. I don't know if you're talking about your Xbox getting punched or the cookies that you're scranning. No, anymore. i finished the cookies now. I'm oh, just sort of like good. licking the bowl. Like I'm putting my finger through like the melted chocolate and ice cream and just like, it's that taste. It's like cocaine. It's like... I'm just taking those cocaine because I'm eating them. Mmm. <laughs> mm, lovely cocaine. <laughs> lovely cocaine boogers. We love talking residue. about this cocaine on my thing. I was like, no, I'm not a drug addict. It's fine, guys. It's all good. You see, I can't see what you're doing. I'm sure on this video, I'm going to be very silly for saying this, but it just sounds like you did a bump. And I know that that was deliberate, but it does sound, sound like you did a fucking line of cocaine. Yeah, right. I didn't do a uh, line of cocaine, just so you're aware. I- I, but you won't I, I hope, know. Promise me. Promise sure. me. I promise please. you. I didn't do cocaine. Thank you. I don't condone the use of the cocaine drug. It looks too. It's too. It's too white and privileged and powdery. I can't allow it. <laughs> right. I can't allow that. We don't allow white privilege on this podcast. Um, <laughs> we don't. Uh, not at all. Um. Right. Is there any more? I'm trying to think of. Is there any more? Interesting. The whole topics. We've gone through well, a lot. We've gone through, we've gone a lot. through the, the Roman ruins and how they look. We've, we've gone through King Alfred, Alfred. And, it, and possible lo- other locations on the map and things and what the and little parts of how Alfred could play into the story because he's obviously going to be key because they emphasize they they they, they put they put um, emphasis on him in the um in the in the CGI trailer. You don't do that unless there is some relevance to it. Obviously, I don't know many CGI trailers that put things in there that they don't intend to expand upon um besides for maybe assassin's creed 3's battle which was like where where was that then yeah um, that that didn't happen did it instead you had to flank you had to run around but no i want to get in i don't want to get right involved in that but okay i was really disappointed but i also uh, <laughs> the, the, as far as assassin's creed 3 goes that was way down the list so it was one of those, but no, we've we've spoken about a lot of Valhalla-related businesses, I guess. Um, I don't know anything else that I can really talk about off the top of your off the top of my head, but there are a few other bits of information that we do know about, of course, such as the the, the structure of side quests and characters. One thing that I found is with the, with the ship that you get, like the little ship, it's a long ship, isn't it? Um, you ha- you can have eight crew members aboard it each of which are actual characters that you'll find in the world 
and they'll have their own backstories and they'll say their own dialogue and things like that which i think talking about earlier we were talking about mass effect and how it handles characters and world development and world building i i think of this and i think of characters and i go they're, they're actual characters with personalities and i go yes that is that is a, that is a big thing as well yeah that's something that i like i'd rather like black flag as much as i love it if there's one thing that i hated like one thing that i despised is that the only put the only crew member whose name i knew was adewale's i, I don't know i don't know any, mm. any of the other cunts they all look the same they were all wearing blue blue garb and looked dull but so one and thing they, i'll give assassin's creed 3 i loved that brotherhood system of each each character was individually yeah. skilled individual character I love I could customize their look a bit more, but I love that I knew who they were, their skills yeah. were present, and they had a story. Yeah, no, I, li- I liked um, that. Um, and I feel like even... even the one thing that I, li- I like about... Um, when I think about outside of Assassin's Creed, when I was thinking about Mass Effect again, is in Mass Effect 2, you actually, you actually can, when you discover the Normandy's crash site for the original SSV Normandy, you can learn the names of every single crew member. Yeah, like, right. the, you know, the, yeah, true. Like, yeah, the, true. All the crew members that you don't talk to, the, mm. they have names. They have names because there's still some importance to them in the universe. Mm. Whereas Assassin's Creed, with its um, ship um, mechanic, with um, with the crew, one thing that they haven't assigned until Valhalla, evidently, is importance of the crew. They've not put, they've not established them as characters. They've not established them as names which, or, which, or people that exist in the universe. Which is even hilarious that line from Black Flag where Adewale is talking about. He's like, oh, I've, I've established myself in this country called Jackdaw where I know all the citizens and they know my name. Like, I don't know their names. I know all the citizens' names like, and well, they know fucking, mine. It's like, well, fucking, I don't know a fucking single one of these <laughs> other than you, Adewale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's really funny. No, one thing I've, re- I've really found, it's one of the places where I think, I think it's one of the things because it's the same team, isn't it? Um, as the at the head, yeah. it's um, as Black Flag and um, Valhalla. Yeah. It's one of the things they thought of as well. So we put this line in there, but it actually means nothing. It means in fact, it means less than nothing because yeah. we didn't we didn't elaborate on it. We didn't do that, and I feel like that's them rectifying that by going, sure, your crew's smaller, long ships are smaller, but at least you know all your crew members' names. You can take them on raids, and then of course you've got your custom Vikings, which is Vikings that you make in like a like a FIFA player creator or something i don't know yeah um, and you can put them on there as well now i'm not t- i'm not so keen on that like i don't mind customizing like looks of characters and creating characters for some reason or another but i think i feel like i feel like i look at it and i go is this just a cheap implementation of a live service and i worry what that'll take away from it i'd rather have the characters that you can meet and encounter and oh, you know these guys are cool to cool to raid with and they're cool to they're cool to get about with and it feels like a right adventure because you're not alone in it you feel like you're a part of this crew with these characters that you know and if there's one thing that assassin's creed needs to do when it comes to games that have the naval it's that they've not it's the one thing they've not done which is establish humanity in characters by making them exist beyond the ship um which is something that i there's one of my biggest critiques of Black Flag, I reckon, is that none of the, none of the character, none of the um, none of the crewmates, besides from Adewale, exists beyond the ship. They're just there to operate the ship. They're just there to be part of that crew. They don't have names. They don't really have unique faces. They all look the same, and it's none of them are interesting to think about. And you save them, sure, every now and then, but the, but it's that's just a that's just a dull mechanic to put out there as a. Uh, in if you need to use it which is fine i guess it fills the game i just think that um this is the right move you know having the characters that you can raid on your ship be actual characters that have names unique faces unique looks and maybe even unique um benefits and you know unique dialogue 
and I feel like that's important for Assassin's Creed. It's that intricacy, if you will, that a lot of a lot of the games have been missing. That is an attention to detail in some things. Like sure, Origins did okay with detail. It was pretty fantastic at times, actually. For example, your hallucinations in the dunes and um, little bits of information while going through tombs and all other kinds of details in that game. And I think it was fantastic. But if there's one thing that they threw they threw that away with. Um, with Odyssey, um, and then they then there was no attention to detail. So I feel like to double down on the point that Origins is a is a better a better representation of the direction of the franchise or the intended direction overall, they need to uh, apply that attention to detail again. And I feel like that's another way that they're going to do that. And if there's one thing that I reckon Valhalla will probably excel in, it is that detail. And there's the we've also we also know now that the um, the world is handcrafted. Like apparently, well, they say, yeah, like, Ashraf Ismail. According allegedly. to Ashraf Ismail. Allegedly. According to Ashraf Ismail. Yeah. Allegedly handcrafted. Like, sure. Obviously, everything is handcrafted in a lot of games. What? How much is handcrafted is the question. Like, obviously, Odyssey may not be the most in-depth open world ever, but they put the... They didn't. It's not procedurally generated, you know? So what does handcrafted even mean? Well, like, they... I think he's meaning each location is individually handcrafted rather than literally... They built someone built. This is what a bandit camp looks like, and they yeah. built that as a, as like an asset, and then they just copy and pasted it seventy times throughout the map. Seventy times in the first quarter of the map. Jesus. Yes, sorry, my bad. Seventy thousand <laughs> times. <laughs> there you go. There we go. It, multiplication does not exist in this game. There was like three variations just... of bandit camps, and they just copy and pasted it a hundred. Yeah, exactly. Each. So what what they mean? So what? So let's assume that what it means is every location. Probably the, the key locations are individually handcrafted to good. be that location. In good. a sense, to like, that's good. That's good news. Like, you know, that that is what we want. Really, is to be able to tell the difference between one location and another. And obviously, we know that all the different regions apparently will also have different cultures and be a different environment altogether, which is another good thing. You want to be able to tell the difference between where you are at one time compared to the other with um odyssey i couldn't tell where i was at any given point no matter what i was doing in games like the witcher 3 which is the best rpg in my opinion um Fair. you know the difference between um Toussaint, for example in the dlc and velen or skelliger or the city of novigrad Certainly. or white orchard or um the, well or care Morin. you know the difference it's very yeah. they make it very obvious it's fine it's fine the mic needs to be boxed right in no it's 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 important that you have different you have different kinds of areas so these different areas have mm. different different architecture different music maybe different weather sort of different lighting maybe a little bit different different characters as well so for example in one dis in one region let's say characters will have a certain accent and they'll have a certain way of life in another region maybe they'll have a different accent and a different way of life and when we're talking about a map of england here i don't know anywhere where like obviously i don't know how, what it was like back in day but i can't imagine it was too much different on this point but but the uk altogether as far as accents are concerned is a massively diverse place i think you can go yeah. something i think it i think you only need to go like is it i think it's every 20 square miles or something the accent noticeably changes like yeah. accents accents are different in different towns here like there's a town near me where the accent is vastly different to how it is here like obviously i'm in the north so a lot of people sound like they're on game like they're in game of thrones or something but if you go to a different if you go to a different town like just visit you know the difference between the accents because they have different they have different quirks if you will mostly similar but there are noticeable differences and i feel like 
that's one thing that you'd want to emphasize in a game with that as a setting is the different accents in different places um and that that would help that would help distinguish these different regions. It's hard to do. And, I, I and like there's a there's a lot they're saying. It's a lot of talk. The, the, there's a lot. That's the thing that I have. I think we talked about before is there's a lot that they've been talking about, but I we haven't seen much yet. Mm. Like sure, so I I love the idea of different regions feeling completely different. That is kind of what you have to do. But I want to see it. Yeah. yeah that's, I want to see this. I will see it before I believe it. But yeah, if they've true. said it, if they've said it as part of their promotional, well, until proven otherwise, let's just assume mm. that there's some truth to it. Let's just let's let's just roll with it. Not to not necessarily overhype it, but they've said that we we can acknowledge that as what they've said. Yeah. So we can we can we can acknowledge and appreciate what they've said. And then when we see it, we can see what's real and what's not. And that is something that I think is kind of ideal is what they've said a lot of things that i like i'd like you know that is one thing that i'm i'm curious about like they've said a lot of things that pique my interest they said a couple of things like map bigger than odyssey which makes me go okay but what does that actually mean and there are a few things not i don't think there are anything there's anything really that i've looked at and gone uh okay you know hmm nothing quite yet because they're, they're only saying things at the moment. Until we yeah. see things, we won't know what's going to be good and what's going to be bad. Yeah. So and we're, I am we're curious. We're just going to wait for the game to switch. come out, which I'm more than happy to do. You know? Yeah, me too. I'd like to see some gameplay beforehand, obviously, which obviously. we will. Which we will. But we're not going to like fully judge event. everything they've said or se- or what we've seen completely until, of course, we play the game. No, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. It sound well. I'm not going to say that the game's going to be incredible because it sounds great. Because it sounds great. That's all it is. Until we see the gameplay, I can't. Gi- I couldn't give you a. I couldn't give you any kind of rundown on my actual opinions on what the game itself looks like. Yeah. Yeah. True. That's and so. And so there are a lot of things that we could talk about with Valhalla sitting here all day. True. But a lot of it... We don't know. It's, oh, that sounds that sounds great. That sounds ideal. Yeah. Or how does it look, though? I'll tell, you what, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, Ethan. I'll tell you what we have seen gameplay for. The Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> the Last of Us Part 2. I love that you know how I work. I, know, I love that you know how I operate. Oh, We've, yeah. We well, have seen gameplay for The Last of Us Part 2. And yes, we have. Uh, did you watch the state of play the other day? I did. Yes, I did. I actually watched it. I never watched state of plays. I literally sat back. I'm like, James isn't here. I have to like properly know what I'm doing. Like, I spent an hour watching your Valhalla videos, and then I watched the last yeah. of this uh, part two state of play. Um, first of all, I've got a bunch of spoilers that have been leaked to me, but who knows if they're even true now? It's kind of questionable with what we've been hearing. Like. Well, um, is there a conspiracy about fake leaks? Are they all fake? Is the context wrong? I don't know. Are you have you avoided all the spoilers for this? I've so far, I'm I've mostly I think avoided them. Um, I'm sure people commented some absurd shit, and I honestly didn't even want to believe it. So whether or not it's real or not, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. But I think for the most part, I've avoided actual spoilers. So I'm quite I'm quite happy on that front. I know that spoilers with the Last of Us Part Two are. Uh, 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 it's like a feel full of landmines right now. Yeah, so it's, tough. it's it's a bit tough, but the game does come out in less than a month, right? So yeah. It, so that so it's it's not that long that we have to keep suffering in that. And because and I know that James's channel has a has a blacklist on most of the Last of Us Part Two stuff. Yeah. So it shouldn't be too much of a problem here. Yeah, um, it should be. It should be fine. Uh, yeah. So I do too. So so, so what do you feel? What do you feel about watching all this gameplay and hearing their them talk about the story and? And what's going through? How do you feel about the Last of Us Part Two right now? 
Well, it's it's basically a continuation of The Last of Us, isn't it? So it might not necessarily be picking off where we left off, uh, well, picking up where we left off fully, but it's going to be a continuation of that story in that universe. For example, how it's developed over, over the years between one and two. Like, obviously, it's not a massive time gap. It's what? How old's um hang on uh, she's 19 five in years, last of us part 5 two, years so yeah. 5 years 5 years gap cuz she's 14 and 1 I believe something like that yeah um so that's 5 years in which um we'll see how this world's developed now if there's one thing that I look at when I watch this gameplay is I've got it up now as I'm as I'm talking about it as well just to jog my memory yeah. is it looks absolutely stunning like people have been comparing Incredible. it to previous gameplay examples of, from the game from shots that they've shown before and they've shown that they've even improved them a lot of games downgrade visually uh, but this one seems to have you know if anything upgraded itself yeah 100%. visually speaking this game looks stunning naughty dog sure, aren't it, known for lying in marketing they're known for no, they've normally been pretty good about showing they don't, they don't need dog. to because their games look that good they just show what their game looks like yeah they just show off the game that they all they want to do is show the game and that's that's pretty damn cool. And I really do kind of I really really like you know a game that looks good. Obviously, it doesn't matter too much. But I think at this point, you have to appreciate the graphical um, fidelity of a game, if you will, like how Unreal. how realistic is it? Like, and it just looks fucking fantastic. And I that's got... one of the things that I keep noticing when I watch it is the visuals. And I just can't wait to play it myself. I've got it's a word great. for you. This is the word I'm going to use to describe the gameplay from watching State of Play: anxious anxious now what i mean by that is i am gonna be ah uh, so anxious while i play this it, yeah, but, it I mean, looks so the tension in yeah, the gameplay well, is fucking palpable and the one well, thing i give the last was part one that's so good is it does tension so well in gameplay this looks even more incredible because you're playing like and it's almost based on the character you're playing as um now stereotypically of course you, you, you know, you're playing as Joel, an older man who's gone through a lot in the first one. Now you're playing as a character of, and you're protecting a young girl. Now you're playing as this young girl that we have as a player, this sort of nurture relationship with that we've developed as a player to this character in the game. Now we're playing as this character. Yes, she's older. We know this, this chick's tough. We know that for a fact. However... Yeah. You, I feel like there's even more tension because you're like you, you, you have this different relationship when you're playing as this young woman that you want to keep her safe as the player. Like when you're Joel, if I got shot up once or twice, I'm like, oh fuck, damn it, that's right. Like get undercover, yeah. reload, fucking shoot. I don't want Ellie to get hurt at all. Like yeah, I can no, I imagine you. myself playing this. I'm like, fuck, I gotta be so silent. I cannot fucking get caught. And but the ways that of which they've got these fucking dogs sniffing after you. Uh, people can see you no matter there's no yeah. there's no complete hiding spots like no matter how at some point when they get close enough they will see you the tension is unbelievable i am going to put it out there that this game looks like it will be the most tense game ever ever yeah, made i reckon it, from start I to finish it, i'm going to use years of my life by the time i finish this game it's going to be it's going to be an absolute anxiety attack and it, it's going to be a panic attack in the making this game is now that's the thing about the last of us it's one of the things that i did i could appreciate about it is it doesn't exactly give you downtime it's a game where it's more or less tense from start to finish sure there are points where it's a little bit lighter and points where you can sort of let your guard down a bit but for the most part it it's it's just tense it just is that's all it is 
um, and it's it's got a great story, of course, and you want to get through it, but you know that you have to do it to you have to do it to a very well to a quality degree, if you will. So, for example, you can't just fucking go through through like all like hordes of enemies loud and proud. You have to be smart. You mm-hmm. have to you have to hide. You have to use stealth. Sometimes you have to conserve ammunition. You have to um you have to be careful what you use and when and how and how that you know. And how important that might be. Otherwise, you might make your life very difficult later. And you have to weigh up the options. Is there another way in which I can tackle this situation? And this looks like a game where you're going to be constantly thinking, is there another better way that I can handle this without wasting resources, without giving myself away, without making my life harder down the line? When it comes to um, when it comes to games like this, I I think Jesus, this could be like it could be a very it could it's a very tactical game if you will. Yeah. Um, like you wouldn't think it, but it's it's a very very simple system. I'd say the most. I'd say the most tactical. But it's very it's a simple system, but it works because it's based on what the game gives you and how the game is structured beyond and believability. And if you build tension, you build you 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 build a care for the character. Yeah, you build a care. And I think that care is already established and even more so being Ellie, this young girl, that we have that nurture relationship with. Yeah. I think, you know, so many people, you know, there's there's reactions that um, and spoilers that are out there and people have certain reactions to the game. And all I'm going to say is, if there's any game that this quote is going to ring true to, it might not be truer in any game than The Last of Us Part 2. It is about the journey, not the destination. This yeah, game is absolutely. about the journey. Maybe the end won't be fucking everything you want. I don't fucking know. Maybe it will. But I'll tell you what I do know. The journey there and the enjoyment from start to finish of this game and the gameplay and the tension and the character development is going to be amazing. It's going to be unbelievable and I'm going to have a phenomenal time playing this game. And yes, there might come a time where we play this game, we get to the end and we don't agree with where the story went and we're going to have real problems. I don't know. But it'll never take away from how well built this game looks. How smooth the gameplay is, how realistic it is, the tension that's going to be developing throughout this, the different character moments we're going to see. It looked great from that game, the 10 minutes of gameplay they showed individually with Ellie. We know there's going to be multiple characters Ellie spends time with throughout this game. There's different seasons, like the first Last of Us, different areas we're going to. There's going to be a lot of depth here. There's going to be a lot to explore. It's going to be a lengthy game, I feel. And I am... More excited now than I ever have been for The Last of Us Part 2 after that state of play. It looks yeah. phenomenal. It looks phenomenal. It does. It looks both graphically and as far as the gameplay is concerned. One thing that has always held me back in um, my, my ratings of The Last of Us as a game, and I know that you you, I know that you probably agree with me on this point, is I'm not a huge fan of zombie games. If you I will. hate zombie, pe- hate zombie games. Hate zombie games, yeah, hate zombie the, movies, hate zombie everything. Yeah, no, Boring, I, I agree. Unoriginal. I absolutely agree. It's exactly. And... People do say that, and people say when you put, bring this up about The Last of Us, that it's not technically a zombie game. It is, though. and as as correct as that might be, but the concept is the core concept is still zombie. Yeah. So, so although it might not necessarily be at face value, that's something that I always think about, and I always, I always, I get frustrated at zombie games because I like the story, sure, but I know it's a game that I'm going to get very frustrated at when I play it. I can just tell that it's one of those games that I'll, I'll love it because it's a great story, and The Last of Us is a game that I really did enjoy. But I don't think it's going to be one of my favourite games ever, based on the fact that uh, I I think zombie games don't really mix well with me. Agree, hundred percent agree with you, Ethan. Hundred percent agree. Like it's going it's going to be a game that I'll love, I'll play, and it might might be one of the best games of of two thousand and twenty. I mean, what competition is there at this point, really? There are a few games. Cyberpunk sure, but... Ghost of Tsushima. 
Yeah, exactly. But there's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a list that you can probably make. It's probably a list on one hand at this point. Yeah. I don't. I, you've got Cyberpunk goes to Tsushima, The Last of Us Part Two, and uh, what's the what's the other Valhalla one? Valhalla potentially. Valhalla potentially, and yeah, and yeah. So those those are the games that you got. So the running's pretty pretty slim. There's some incredible sounding games though, sure. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to a game that I personally think is the best going, I don't think it's going to hit that because no. of the zombie concept. Not those agreeing will be with my me least favorite as... bits. Like, yeah, but but me there's too. A, there is a lot of that human interaction. That's the most tense to me. It's not as t- zombies to me. D- tension's gone. I'm like, this is dumb. Yeah. Zombies stupid. Whatever. This will just it'll yeah. just annoy me, and I'll just shoot, try to shoot my way out. But when it's like you've got people, nah. and there's these people yeah, who nah. want to kill Ellie, it's like, oh fuck, that's tense. Yeah, no, but this seems to be more based on the people than like what, a lot of the gameplay on this. That's um, right. The Last of Us has a balance there, and that's why it's yeah. The Last the of Us only is quite zombie balanced title i really liked i hate zombie everything oh i agree the last yeah, of us no, part I... one's the only one i'm like well that was actually i enjoyed that i hated yeah mo- no. most most of the zombie bits i was like uh, about but for a zombie game which it definitely is a zombie game and if anyone that tried to tell me that it wasn't it is it's fine though it's okay that's fine but yeah. it is a zombie it's game a... and it was really it's good a... it was still really good it's it's a game built on the concept of zombie elements, as a lot of the game itself doesn't, of The Last of Us doesn't actually deal with them. They're just there yeah. for a lot of it. And I feel like that we're probably going to see less of them in this than we did in part one, because a lot of the gameplay that we're watching from the state of play is Ellie versus other people who are, uh, you know... Hopefully they just use effectively. Not... It's like, use them in the right it's... way and then it'll be fine. Oh, yeah. No, it's one of those things. They're going to be using them mostly in the mix. And I think there's one thing that they're going to do in The Last of Us Part 2 that is something that I think they're going to they're going to bring that tension to the zombies is it's not just... You're not going to be dealing with one or the other, zombies, people, or infected pe- or people. You can you can have scenarios where you are introduced... Well, well when, you, when you're brought into a scenario where both. you could have... You could have both. Both. Yeah, basically, that's it. So you could use... You could use throwing like distractions and get this this bloody clicker to attack, or this this entire crowd to attack these um these other people who are you know your adversaries if you will, and then you can flush them all out with that, and they'll chase them out of there, which is what they showed in the gameplay and things like that. And I feel like that is that is where the Last of Us Part Two is going to be very tactical. And the best part about it, as far as the zombie aspect is concerned, is it plays it down, like it's 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 there. It's a huge part of the game. But it's not the biggest part. Like it's it's only a, it's only one key part. Like sure, this is happening. This is a problem. But there are many other things that are happening as well. And you, the zombies aren't your only enemies. Uh, well, we're using the word zombies when they're probably the the better word to use in this sense is infected, if you will. Yes. Like they're not your only enemies. Like people are just as just a big, if not a bigger threat, because they can shoot you. My you problem with most zombie um, media is the overuse of zombies and what the last of us can do especially in this game coming up is use them scarcely and it makes them more effective in the tension yeah and more terrifying than, exactly right they're more terrifying when you're like oh shit this is such a rare one thing of a zombie and actually super deadly rather than just most zombie media is just like let's throw a thousand zombies at them and scare the shit out of them all the time zombie 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 from start to finish it's like, Zomb- oh, yeah no there's oh, nothing oh, scary there's about no- zombies nothing like i've never liked i'll say this i've never liked the walking dead Ever. I've never been able to get into it. I've yeah. never been able to enjoy it. I I think my mum watches it and every time she watches it I just I, I can't even be in the fucking room because it mm-hmm. fucking bores me yeah. to endlessly to have it on television. Um and it's a it's also a very odd show for other reasons, one of which being the volume problem 
it just doesn't want to figure out if it wants to be quiet or loud. All the dialogue is quiet. All the fucking explosions are fucking. I don't know. I've heard fighter jets quieter than that shit. But my point <laughs> is, I can't get into zombies as a concept. So when the story concept is built around characters in a world that just happens to have some modicum of a zombie concept, though it's not necessarily that that what's the word major but also is it's it's a bit smarter than just throwing loads of zombies at you and if there's one thing about the last of us and how it how it handles the infected in that is that there are different types of them some of them they just run at you uh but you have to they have to detect you first there's a stealth aspect to it which adds to the tension as well because you don't want to be detected by these these creatures they're a bit scarcer as well they're a bit stronger than your average zombie say in a fucking dead rising for example where you can just cut them down by the hundreds um and as a result of all of this it creates this shocking like intense atmosphere and one thing that i do worry about though is how in the um state of play they did say there are some more terrifying new infected that you can encounter but we won't get into those today and then there's like this fucking long screech and i thought oh no not this <laughs> not uh, i thought oh no oh dear god because there's one part of the last of us which fucking i don't know it was it was horrifying um do you know um there's you probably don't remember but it was one specific point where you're in a you're in like a i don't know what it is it's a it's it's a dark interior basically yeah and you're stuck in there and you've got to take out all the infected there and there's a couple of the big bastards and some clickers and some other other ones. Not necessarily a huge amount. I think amount I know the part you're talking about, but I wouldn't know. Like it's just. But yeah, you're stuck in. It's, it's a like a, you're like in a warehouse. Yeah. You're like in a warehouse, and it's sort of like uh, one of those. So it's when you're stuck in those situations, you have to think tactically. You can't take them all on at once. It's just not. It's not possible. You'll die. My and thing you is don't with the have is don't them take them on. Find a way yeah. around them. Yeah, no, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I prefer exactly. to find my way around them. But in some situations like that one, it forces you to take them on. And I feel like when it comes to more terrifying zombie archetypes or whatever, they're going to be some where you have to take them on like yeah. fully. It won't necessarily be a very key aspect to the game in the sense that it'll be all the time, but I reckon it'll happen every now and then where you'll have to you'll have to face them. There'll at least be one point where you have to face them, like even if it is seemingly overwhelming at first. And those are my least favorite parts of the game because I prefer to just avoid. If you get me. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. It's much, yeah. much, it's much better than you know having to fight them all the time because it plays into that. When it does that, it plays and into the dull trope of. I just get over. I feel yeah. like there's way less um, variety to combating yeah. zombies. It's just like fucking just keep shooting them until they die whereas people you, there's a lot more it's like you can kill them with one shot so you don't do it silently you can do it with a gun you're gonna sneak up on them you're gonna go around them you yeah. can distract them there's a lot more options um, with a yeah. human enemy where there's way less with a zombie or something that can just take a million hits so I just yeah. tend to avoid zombies altogether and zombie games so The Last of Us Part 2 is a different story and this may very be well exception. be and probably will be the best zombie media I've ever experienced and will actually really yeah, no. love so, to be fair, when it, com- yeah, when it comes to zombie media, there's not much competition. No. The Last of Us... The, the Last, Last of Us 1 was the is the only one media. I like. And yeah. I was, it was an older... I played it late. I'd already played Uncharted 4. So I was like, I knew what Naughty Dog games could be like. So now I'm like, yeah, I get to I, see the next step up after Uncharted 4 in terms of what the gameplay could be like. And it's a zombie story like The Last of Us right, that I actually enjoy. So Last of Us Part 2 is culminating into being, to me, my favourite sort of zombie media that I'll ever experience which is, like I said, not much competition, but ultimately, I'm so, so excited for the last few Yeah, I'm excited for the game. Only a couple of weeks. 
Yeah, no, I only played the the first like the Last of Us last year. To be fair. Oh right. Like, that was my first experience of the game, and yeah. I was like, oh, That's this is like three years ago. Uh, it was like, oh wow, this is this is a cracking time, you know. Like I was like. I enjoyed it, but like I said, I do I do get frustrated at games that involve um, certain aspects that I'm not a huge fan of, and The Last of Us is one of those games where it does have that zombie element as well, and that is something that I'll always struggle with. Like, sure, I might like the game for other reasons, but it's not because of the zombies. Yeah, it's never going to be to do with the zombies. Yeah, like I won't when 100%. I when I judge it, I'll be judging it as the as the narrative um, experience that it is over the. Um, over the, the the core zombie concept that it might have like sure post-apocalypse there are zombies about but that's not what the game tries that's not what the game prioritizes in its storytelling it prioritizes the characters it prioritizes the uh, how you get from a to b how you how you avoid confrontation how you handle confrontations and how your character develop and how the character develops you know like how um joel and ellie develop in the last of us how they become well, how it goes from just another job for Joel to um, a commitment, if you will, and stuff like that. And I feel like that is more important to The Last of Us as a game than, um, oh, zombies, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's what I prefer. I just, I just prefer to not have to deal with uh, zombies. So when I'll, be, when I'll be reviewing it, if I do that, I won't be talking much about the zombies unless I have to. I'll be like... Uh, yeah, fucking yeah. hell, they exist. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, they might surprise us. We, there might be something we enjoy. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe they'll maybe there'll be a zo- no, maybe there'll be a zombie with a harmonica. Now that would be great. Now you're so thinking, Ethan. Now, now see, now I've got I've got my thinking cap on today. Yeah, uh, I don't have anything on. I have headphones on right now. But it's been telling me right. There's something missing from zombies, and I think it's looking ridiculous. So, you know what? Replaying The Last of Us, but modding it so all the clickers look like clowns. I don't know if that'll be scarier or funnier. <laughs> it's... I don't know, but it would be an experience. It just reminds me of Family Guy when Peter joins the army, and they're all yeah. and Peter's dressed as a clown, and he just walks oh, past fuck. all the soldiers. He's like, yeah, you guys are stupid. They're going to be looking for army guys. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh god, I do love a bit of Family Guy. It's the kind of thing that you, it's the kind of thing you watch in the small hours. And with a, with a with a beverage, and you're laying in bed, oh, and it's yeah. great. But, oh, yeah. well, but I don't think I, I don't think I'd religiously watch it to the point where I know every single episode. So I don't necessarily know what you mean. Uh, but it's it's, it a, does, it's it's a great bit. It's a great bit. But uh, I'll have to find it. I'll have to find it and watch it myself. That 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 one episode, it will be mine. <laughs> I will, I'll, I'll be like me. I'll, I'll find the clip for you. I'll find the clip for you. Send it to you. Beautiful. But yeah, the last was part two comes out in a couple weeks. Uh, after the next as always podcast so the next as always podcast um will dive in to a preview of the last was about to even deeper and go into real story predictions and where we think the narrative is going to go um and hopefully no one spoils anything for us so that'll be great um so yeah that's it for the list though ethan that's the list is it thank you that's a love- i i honestly can't thank you enough for being here and being my special guest co-host for the as always podcast this episode it really really does mean a lot it well really the best does. part of the four pillars is you'll never have to thank me it's it's just it's just good fun isn't it yeah it's just, no if, if anything thank you for having me thank you for uh for for letting me fill this void in your life <laughs> albeit very meagerly compared to to james's presence but i appreciate that you thought of me oh, and you man. and and we had this we had this great conversation yeah this is a great uh, time and it and it really is uh like oh, this is what i love th- these podcasts like any chance we get to do it, I want to do it. This is my escape. And, um, you know, the show goes yeah. on. And if something's gone on with me, I'd want James to do the same. So 
Um, I want the people to get these sort of discussions. And I know that if I ever yeah. get you or I get George on, um, it's going to be that. You guys are my fucking brothers. I love you guys. Yeah, it's and, easy enough. And I appreciate you uh, for for being here and having a great show. That was a lot of fun. So I appreciate that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's no worries at all. It's always good fun to, to have a conversation, whether it be, um, what, what, well, whenever really, you know, because um, when when we have, well, well when, when you guys have... Um, like us on or whatever like when we're on it's just it's just great it's always a great time to have a conversation with um with you and james and um yeah no it's really quite humbling to um for you for you to have thought of me when you know when james you know took this uh break you 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 came to me and i was like oh, okay i didn't expect that to be fair oh and, really uh I, well i mean i didn't think i i just i just thought that you'd um that you just give it a break and just just go from there but yeah. um like you said, obviously that's not how you roll. Yeah. So I just appreciate. There's a million people that you could probably have chosen, like you know, like um, like George, for example, just just disqualified for this sort of thing, if not more so because he can actually apparently speak, um, and I can't, and I just go oh, you all can over speak. the place. You can speak just fine. I, I can I can talk for England, except uh, England tends to get bombed afterwards, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no but no but i do appreciate that um that the thought the, fo- the thought fell on me and that you gave me the opportunity to just come on and uh have a good chat with you because I'm, I'm always happy to have a chat it's what i like you know just i like talking about things i'm a i'm a right waffler yeah and i love it <laughs> and and to be fair nobody knows that more than my mother oh god i bet i, I bother my mum endlessly <laughs> and it's where i'm going after after we after we wrap up here i'm gonna go down and annoy my mother by saying something absurd and my mother will look at me and go, "What the fuck? <laughs> Who have I raised? <laughs> what the I fuck have? Did I drop you on the head or something? Like, where is your brain?" I've been like, <laughs> "Sold it." Well, you were talking yeah, about your, you know beating your dog and your uh, nan with Alzheimer's, so you know. Well, it's, it's possible. It's gallows humor, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Well, like you said, like we we, I, I thought about giving this podcast a break, but. Then I thought about my life without this podcast, and I didn't like it. So I was like, "Who am I going to call?" It's got to be one of the pillars. Um, so you know, you coming on, I know, I know it's going to be an awesome time. So once again, appreciate yeah, no, it, um, really and was. thank you to all the people that are right now listening or watching this podcast. Um, appreciate all of you, especially, of course, our Patreon producers: King Richard the Third, Henry, Damien, Avery Dobbs, Josh Devlier. A red crowned crane helped kill my family, aka Ulbrick, did a lot of Viridian, real Simon Hawkins, aka Twelve Twelve and Bullseye Forty Seven. Without you producers, this show wouldn't happen. I wouldn't be sitting here with Ethan right now. Um, so thank you guys so much. Um, I'm sure James will be back very soon and better than ever, raring to go. Um, I was just texting him a little bit during the show. Uh, he, he's doing good. So um, hopefully we'll see him back sooner rather than later. Next week. On patreon.com forward slash as always the clubhouse podcast I'll be doing an episode with as you saw earlier my housemate Jared when he get drunk sit upstairs at my dining room table with a couple of microphones and just talk absolute shit with your topic so you can get involved with the people's podcast which is one dollar a month go do it and for five dollars or more a month you can join the ridiculous podcast list that I'm about to read right now so thank you once again ladies and gentlemen to King Richard III Henry Damien Avery Dobbs Josh Devlier a red crowned crane helped kill my family aka Ulbrick Didlotic Viridian Real Simon Hawkins aka H.O. Saw Balsack 47 Adam Sunling Casey Wood Pinkland 313 Tony The Arbiter's Delightful Penis Alfie Roselle Drowns Cats Jesper Olsen Lumistrad 
5380 is the king of RPGs. Kimasaba Gamma Cream Pies, Red Crowned Crane, aka also known as AKA, The Creed, Josh J. Anderson, Fat Fuck Cuck, Brendan Obiku Overlord, Matt, Ravjai, Red Crowned Crane, Red Crowned Crane, Bleeding Edge 274, Zixon, Benedict Clobbers, Gwen Hughes 2018, 1998, 20 Max H, Gene is doing bits in the coal mines, Owen Brand Zeke, aka Frank from Destination Wedding, Son of a Bitch, OG Dogger, Harrisy, aka Bad Assassin, Noah Watch, Furious Coco, Sab 2557, Nick Miller, the ACMJS Radok, Casper Coral, Smakes It All, Assassin, Connor DeRose, Bully in the Alley, Connor Knowles, Kyle S. Jaws, Victor Eliason, Emil Kapor, Joshua Mora, Walshy, Ginkgo Swag, Red Chunked Crane, Master Bash, Ashton, aka The Weekend Simp, Conversations Plus, our new bro, George Welford, Joe the Sexy Boy Smith, Joe, aka Red Crown Crane, Evan Brown, Winona Ryder, aka Lindsay from Destination Wedding, Luca, Alfie Robert, Brian Ford, aka Red Crown Smurf, Silly Sally, Swiftly Shoes, Seven Silly Sheep, The Seven Chilly Silly Sheep, Silly Sally Shoed, Shilly Shallied South. Fishy, Ethan, our good friend and guest co-host right here. Team Anna Travis, Billy the Team Tunnel, my Captain Robinson, and Gamer, I hardly know her. Thanks to Sweet Vintage Life for having this podcast. Thank you once again for listening. And ladies and gentlemen, we will see you all next time. Thank you again. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>